0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the DoreProds.com, comic book podcast. As always, I'm dead. Joe today we have Bertie.
1: Hello.
0: And Nico. Hey. And this is a bit of a special-ish episode for a couple of reasons, because A, it is the final show of the year. If you are new to and the if you're what new, up? Yeah, if you're new to Destroy then every year we take the last two weeks of the year off just as a break
1: yeah and what a year it's been <laughs> i guess i <laughs> think yeah, that's
0: the appropriate inflection <laughs> and it's also a bit of a special episode because it is uh nico's final regular show with us
2: yes kind of bittersweet but uh but yes you know i'll do my best like usual <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to bring the goods this episode um But yes, I just—I'll just quickly—I'll just say now. I just want to thank you guys for. Has it been three years on the show, or I I think so. Yeah. Something like that. Um, I've—I've really enjoyed, you know, um, the time doing this podcast with you guys and talking comics and uh, and for anybody out there who is a listener, uh, thanks for listening and uh, and yeah, you know, you'll still you'll still see me pop up hopefully occasionally if you guys will have me back uh, here and there. But just. I wasn't, I think putting it uh, out the level of kind of the frequency of how much I was available even to be on the show. Cause, uh, you know, just cause of life, right. Like mm. things and busyness and, uh, and, uh, and therefore, so that's why I think I, I figured I'd take a step back and, and, uh, And uh, yeah, you know, I and if I can pop back up occasionally in the future, I I, you know love to do that. And uh, yeah, and thank you both. It's been it's been really fun these last few years uh, doing the show.
0: Uh, Yeah, man, it's been uh, great. Uh, Yeah, anytime you're anytime you want to come back, just let me know. And you're always welcome back here. And yeah, you've actually been on here four years now.
2: Holy fuck, time flies.
0: (laughs) Yeah, July yeah July thirty first, twenty fourteen.
2: Yeah, the New Blood episode, yeah. <laughs> New Blood Nico <laughs> with comics oh, episodes wow.
0: with comics episode sixty nine. Adam West eating his own. Adam West.
2: <laughs> wow! And what episode are we on right now? Um, one
0: hundred and sixty four.
2: Okay. Wow. I mean, I know there was a just five short there, of a full hundred. <laughs> yeah, shit. There is. A, I mean, don't get me wrong. I wasn't on every one of those episodes. I mean, I uh, and, no, yeah, no. and that's yeah, yeah. I just, uh, but yeah, it's it's been good. <laughs> <laughs> wow! No, I'm surprised. I thought it was I four years. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know it was that long. Wow. Yeah, man. So it was good. It's been a good
0: time. Tom fucking flies with this shit. I've been doing this shit for fucking uh, for fucking seven years.
2: Yeah, I. That is a long time. Yeah, no, I. Like I said, I think before I joined you, I kind of did like. We, me and my buddy tried to do a podcast uh, about two years before I joined, and we did it for about a year or so. It's hard to keep something like this going. I mean, just it's really just it, it about actually keeping it coming out. You know what I mean? So many of them fall by the wayside, these types of shows, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, kudos to you as well for kind of keeping the site and this thing going for as long as you have been. And uh, Through
0: sheer force of depression.
2: <laughs> well, I just hope we've connected with some people and convinced some people to, you know, to enjoy the hobby like I do, right? Uh, or like we have, really. But yeah. although I know you guys, <laughs> there's a lot of hate that goes on in the show, too.
0: <laughs> that just shows we love the medium.
2: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Not to downplay, it, obviously, how you guys feel about it. But uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, we've all hated on things individually. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> It does mean that you have love for it, though, so... Yeah, no, so, yeah, thanks again, and it has been good, but, uh... But, yeah, the show must go on.
0: Yeah. So, like we said, this is Nicole's final regular show, but he'll... Like we said, he'll still be popping up every now and again when he has the chance.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Or, you know, like, when things like, uh, like Bernie had mentioned, (laughs) like, like, big event-changing things, like, where Heroes in Crisis ends and we want to shit over the whole event. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That would be a good opportunity to come back. It's for something like that. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the first big thing you'll come back for is actually the thing right, after, right in the new year as right. Felling Titans <laughs> begins. I know.
2: It's not even like I'm going away that long. <laughs> so if you <laughs>
0: Yeah. Here we go. Here we break the final show. The first thing we do when you get back. Hey, Nico's here. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, and, that, and that's going to be much more painful than these episodes.
3: <laughs> yeah, and
0: all this coming right after the fucking best friends, the super best friends, I to breaks up. Oh, that's a whole time. <laughs> enough about horrible depre- enough about horrible depression. Fuck Let's talk about man. fucking comics.
2: <laughs> Fuck Batman. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. So, speaking of horrible depression, Heroes in Crisis number three. <laughs> See this? This
2: is this is why you uh, you're the leader of this show here. <laughs> Look yeah. at that transition.
0: Segue. We got a through line for this yeah. fucking episode.
1: So I missed you guys discussing issue two. Did something stupid happen? Oh, a lot.
2: Yeah, like a to lot. Sum a it lot up for him. <laughs> Just like our thoughts overall.
1: Like the only thing I know about issue two is the dumb cover of what looks like Harley Quinn with. The Wonder Woman's lasso around Batman's
0: neck—that's yeah that's a thing from the issue. Yeah, that's for us. I think our biggest
2: issue was with that one in particular. Number two was the fact that they super overpowered Harley to the point where she basically single-handedly took down Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman didn't even do nothing. She just stood there. Yeah, Batman yeah, got so, taken. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah,
0: they were fucking like going around trying to find out like, hey, who? What the fuck happened to Sanctuary? Track down Harley Quinn, at which point Harley Quinn sneaks up Bond, Batman, and Wonder Woman, steals Wonder Woman's lasso, wraps it around Batman's neck, gets him to tell her where he keeps the kryptonite, then grabs it and runs away. Yeah. And when she runs away, no one goes after her. Yeah,
3: that...
2: That was, I think, the for me. That was the breaking point because, again, this is comics and um, like stop like, her. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah. Like, like they are all standing there. Superman is like literally going with my hyper vision. I can see her running away. Oh, nothing I can do yeah. about that. Oh, hey, look, Wally needs help. I'm gonna take off flying to a different city.
2: Meanwhile, at this point, she is the main suspect in this murder, and then they are basically just sitting there complaining about how she got away and that she that she's better. And then Superman made a comment about how that she's better than him.
0: Yeah, like, wasn't like there she,
2: some sort of comment made like that? Like, yeah, <laughs> like something. Yeah, like the, co- that. the comment <laughs> is
0: like she is potentially smarter and more competent than Batman.
2: Yeah, and Batman's just like, no, she isn't, and he's like, yeah, she yeah, is, like, and, and then and, she basically, and then, then
0: everyone's <laughs> sitting there reading it it is going, no, she isn't. <laughs> we've read a so, harley quinn book before
2: yeah i mean okay i like interesting character moments where maybe they can pull a fast one but the point that they basically just let her get away like and like maybe get one over on them okay whatever i'll i'll, I'll believe that as far as that goes but the point that they basically just didn't even pursue her and that wonder woman stood around not doing anything it just seemed very fucking out of character so, so she,
1: she like, stuck around <laughs> the shit on batman Yeah, a little bit essentially. Looks like a lot of other really bad DC comics. Wonder Woman just shits on Batman for, I don't know, being Batman.
0: It's like, oh, look, Mr. Broody and stuff. Nah, fuck you. Try smiling at once, you goth piece of shit. Yeah, so that was... Does DC not know what to do with her? (laughs) I don't think so.
2: Well, I remember I previously said in another episode, Tom King had basically said, like, he told the Dio to pick the the main players for this event, and he's like, I'll just figure out what to do with them. So, like, obviously, they put Harley Quinn in this because she's one of their most popular characters, if not their most popular character at this point, right? Yeah, and they put
0: Booster Gold in there because people liked him once, right? I think for him,
2: it was like, we don't know what to do with him kind of thing, right? (laughs) And Plus, Tom King was already using him, right? Yeah, fucking
0: shocking. Yeah. DC doesn't know what to do with one of their more popular characters. Yeah. So he's sitting in the corner with fucking Jaime Reyes.
2: But yeah, this was a clusterfuck, uh, that issue number two. I, I did not, there was moments where it shines through. Like we did, I did, we did talk about that a little bit, like the actual moment where they're sitting down with that, the, the actual confessionals and yeah. some of the characterisms, like some of the character stuff I liked between the Trinity, but yeah, moments like that, ugh, I just, I have a hard time forgiving things like that. And I was like, I don't know, man, this this is uh, quite a mess so far. And yeah. I felt similarly about number three. I don't know how you felt, uh, Dead Man, but this I, is probably,
0: I don't know. I think this is the best issue of the series so far. Really? Yeah, it's, huh. not, it's not very good. Mm-hmm. But in terms of... In t- in terms of what I was looking for for this book, like in terms of like what I was looking for for a book about hero therapy,
2: mm-hmm. you got a lot more of it in this one. Yeah, that is. Oh true. yeah,
0: I, yeah, we we got yeah. infinitely more of this because this entire issue up to the end is hero therapy. Yeah, and it and instead of doing instead of doing like a wide sh- like a widespread shot of just like yeah we're gonna do fucking everyone because like by the end of it we see there are like fucking like nine to twelve people still here. Mm. It focuses on three. Right. So, so the main thrust of the story is focusing on the treatment of three different heroes, Wally West, Flash, Booster Gold, and Lagoon Boy. Right. Y'all, y'all remember Lagoon
3: yeah. Boy? <laughs> I y'all y'all
0: watched Young Justice, best. right?
1: Well, I mean, I will, but just not
0: on DC's app. Yeah, Lagoon Boy's was. the one who cucked Superboy. Start dating really? fucking Ms. Martian because, yeah, that's.
1: That, that was going to last. Yeah, totally. Like, even as they were dating, she was trying to fuck Superboy. So...
0: <laughs> yeah, and he knew. He fucking knew. <laughs> He's about to get reverse cucked. But, yeah. Uh, so, the main therapy that we see with them is, is, like, the conventional stuff. Them talking to the fucking robot family. Because they're robots, right? The family? Or yeah, was it, or was the it just Kents, the farmhouse?
2: The Kents, like, are pretty much of this <laughs> this, this uh, sanctuary. Yeah, Ma and Pa, Kent,
0: and Lana Lang, apparently.
2: Yeah, those were all robots, yeah.
0: Okay. So yeah. so, yeah, it's meeting them, getting all set up. We see a bit more about how things work in this place. And it's weird, because they all dress up like a psycho pirate, kind of.
2: With the masks, what? you mean. Yeah,
0: so, yeah. So, whenever, so whenever they go into the common area... Like, in their rooms, they're just kind of hanging out, doing whatever. But when they go into the common area, the majority of people there dress up in long, flowing white robes that cover the entire of their body and a golden face mask. Uh,
1: uh, uh, okay.
0: I guess for the sake of anonymity, but it makes them look like a cult. And it is and it is a really jarring visual to see farmhouse cultists and pawkent.
3: Mm.
0: They're all yeah. fucking weird. And they go into the hollow deck because that's what the therapy is here. The therapy is they go to the hollow deck while the computer talks them through situations and tries to get them to understand the source of their trauma. Mm. So with Lagoon Boy, it is him standing in the field being shot in the chest by a laser over and over and over again.
2: That was my favorite part of the issue was his storyline in this. Yeah,
0: issue. like he had a uh, he had some uh, trauma with the Titans.
2: Yeah, no, it was a lo- very poignant. Uh. Observation about that moment and which didn't result in how you thought it was going to mm. towards the end of the issue like the the reason like he, like he basically like got killed there was essentially different than the scenario that he kept playing over and over again the one that he was so very much afraid of yeah. like he was traumatized from that occurrence like yeah, he, that tra- he was traumatized from
0: getting fucking blasted watching a bunch of his friends die so he walks outside right. watch a bunch of his friends die and then gets shot in the chest
2: yeah and then not to jump too far ahead here but yeah he essentially gets uh something put through his chest there towards the end of the issue and he he like goes into like a maniacal laughter because he, just he was, starts laughing like, yeah, because of the 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 whole fact that he could finally let go. Like, the release of this thing that he's been kind of pent up and, and scared of for so long. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, that that was very... I, I, I enjoyed... That was probably my favorite part of the issue, I would say that. But, yeah, go on about the other two. Uh,
0: yeah, and then we got uh, Wally West, who goes into the time room to see his wife and kids. Yeah. Which could have been the best part of it, but... They mm. play it so flat.
2: Yeah, I don't think he writes a good Wally. That, that was one of my big gripes for this issue. I, I well, not, felt not just that, Wally,
0: like even his, like, his, like, his, like his, specifically his relationship with his fucking kids, because those kids are robots.
2: Yeah, no, I didn't. Well, I guess that could explain some of the flatness, but I, I just didn't, I didn't dig that. No,
0: I, I, I don't mean those kids are literally robots. I mean, those kids are written like robotic children. Or talking children.
2: like robots. Oh, okay. Okay. I was about to say because that's a flashback. It's not like the actual. Yeah, like, like they're fucking
0: hard light constructs yeah. or whatever. But they, right, right. but like like when they talk, it is essentially. Yeah, like, like the the only moment of, the only moment of fucking not uh, like, not just pre baked dialogue that you'd expect from an NPC in a video game. There is one scene where that where one of his where a single one of his children talks like kind of a person and it is done entirely in profile and in shadow so you don't even get to fucking see which kid it is Mm-mm. and there is no emotion there because we can't see their fucking faces emoting
2: yeah i don't think i think it was a wasted a big wasted opportunity his seen uh yeah i agree i just thought it was not yeah, I, I just, I, I've read Wally, I've read Wally in the Flash comic, Joshua William, Williamson is writing currently, there was a really good arc with him prior to him taking the trip, and in the end of the arc in The Flash, he left that story to basically show up to the In Sanctuary in this event, and and he had this like very good kind of lead up, and I just feel he's being wasted here, like he's already dead, apparently, and now we're basically seeing his story kind of play out of his time there in Sanctuary, and I just don't think he's really hitting, catching his stride with this character at all. Oh okay, yeah, I man.
0: And Wally is one of the ones that has the most potential in, of of the fucking uh, ones we've seen so far.
2: Absolutely, I mean he's probably the biggest death so far, I would say in this. Yeah, uh, you know, in this event. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I hope that there's more with him. Like we get a little bit more and it gets better. But yeah, this that was a big letdown for me in this issue. Yeah.
0: And then we got Booster Gold.
2: It was okay,
0: yeah. He was yeah, he was okay. Like it is what you would expect. He goes to the hologram room and makes a copy of himself to beat the fuck out of. <laughs>
2: Cause he's batshit crazy. <laughs> like, Tom King's... Oh, yeah, Tom like, King's Booster, Booster Gold is, is a
0: fucking lunatic.
2: <laughs> he's definitely continuing this shit that he did for Batman with him in this. Like, the fact that he's sitting yeah. there talking to himself. You yeah, got that Batman shit? And
0: <laughs> what is it with Tom King and making these characters insane? Like, we got fucking Booster Gold, then Saturn Girl.
2: Well, that's the thing. I think... I think, I mean, this would be the book for all those characters, but he did, he planted those, those seeds early with, like, yeah, putting them in, like, they're like these underused, beloved characters by some that he's basically using and just making them all lunatic.
0: Yeah, they're just taking it and making it like, yeah, let's put you in Arkham, fuck it, dog.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I,
0: it's, it's, I don't know. It's like a weird Grant Morrison book.
2: It's such a mixed bag of. Isn't
1: that an oxymoron? (laughs) <laughs> Not really, because when you consider the
0: standard goalpost of what normal is for Grant Morrison.
2: Yeah. I don't know. It's just such a mixed bag of that's every issue so far. That's why I'm like, so why why was this your favorite issue so far? Would you say you said this is your favorite one so
0: far? Yeah, I think, think this is the best one. Um, hmm. I think because it delves into what the concept could have been. Right. If they, if they had to just, if they had to gone heroes in crisis and it is this, it is people at this fucking farm trying to get back to a, some semblance of normalcy,
2: mm. which is, which is, yeah, you have a point up to this point. They've had more so of this mystery, um, murder story. Yeah. it's It's been, it's been the dumb mystery to this. Right. Well, that's I thought this is all we were going to get out of it was this self-examination of these characters. But then when they started off the first fucking two issues with the whole Trinity murder mystery aspect of it, it which I we weren't really digging for the most part. Like this is I would have rather just this than this issue. So, yeah, in that sense, I get what you're saying, but it's still just yeah, been it's not handled very well, me. but yeah, yeah, it's it's. He's trying to do too much here. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, there is some good moments here. Every issue, I found something to enjoy. Um, but it, it's, for the most part, overall, it just, it, it's not reading well as a whole.
0: For yeah, this so series, f- the series would have been much, much, much better. If they had it just focused on the therapy aspect. But right. also, Tom King chose his own cast.
2: Yeah
1: and this wasn't an event commissioned by Dan DeDio.
0: Yeah, like like no, I actually I think I think having it be like a like mini series kind of separate from everything else that is fine. No, there, there's there's like, a
1: difference there's a difference between an a, event and a mini series. A mini series can just go on on its merry way having stuff happen that doesn't like break all the pieces that have been built up for the universe the way like Identity Crisis did or Cry for Justice did. So, like I mean I, yeah, all, yeah, I, get, I, I get where you're from. I think we all like uh, Mr. Miracle, right? Oh yeah, I I, I think that's safe yeah. to say. <laughs>
0: Miracle's fantastic. <laughs> Did
2: you finish it, Dead Man? Not.
0: I um, haven't finished it yet. So I am. I no, am have most, it? I am coming up most... on it.
2: If you guys, when you do finish it if, at a future time, like if you guys do discuss it, that might be something I'd like to come on and discuss with you guys. Because that, uh, yeah, I finished it. I have some thoughts, but yeah, we I really enjoyed Mr. Yeah. Miracle a lot. But
1: like. We don't see that shit showing up in like Wonder Woman or action comics or Teen Titans or shit right. like that, so Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I no, feel I'm like not. making this <laughs> a play. identity Crisis event commission well, I mean anything like I said when I when this was announced, anything involving Dan DiDio is a bad idea. Like Nico, you weren't on the anime podcast. Did I? did you hear about the manga commissioned by Dan DiDio for Batman and the Justice League? <laughs>
2: No. <laughs> I haven't heard about that.
1: Yeah, just the way I described the Dead Man. Imagine a Japanese person writing a manga about the Justice League with no prior knowledge of the DC Universe beyond what Dan Didio told them.
2: <laughs> so there's no Nightwing in it, I'm guessing.
1: <laughs> there's barely a Justice League. I've gone through the first volume and only Batman and a little Superman has shown up. <laughs>
2: The DC story told by dad to Dio, oh man. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I I, yeah, I love I love the Lagoon Boy part, like you said. That was my big takeaway from this issue. I uh, I'm just looking over it right now. I uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I could and I like the confessionals. The confessionals are really awesome, usually, too. Also, basically. I have a question.
1: Was this yeah. supposed to be nine issues originally? No, it was eight, I yeah. think, originally. Uh, God originally. damn it. Now it's going yeah. full uh, Civil it, it, War it was, either,
2: it was either seven or eight. Uh, it may have been... I think it was eight. But then, yeah, they announced the ninth issue. So, like, he obviously has more to say here. But at the same time, it's, like, going to be mixed in with this other... like. Because they're, they're basically telling three different storylines throughout this. Like, the present day, the past day, and, like, and, and, then, and like past, and then, basically, uh, the
3: murderer okay, yes, and the like,
2: sanctuary, like... And, but you, And you guys can correct me if I'm
1: wrong about this. All that I've read about um, Heroes in Crisis, that we're only three issues into a nine-issue series, and it already feels like it's wasting time.
0: Yep. Yeah.
2: I just don't... I, I came into this expecting one thing kind of knowing Tom King and this is at least like having a sense of his writing so far and, or his like you know what I mean his approach to stuff and sure. I'm getting something completely different a- and if that's him branching out, okay, but I just don't think it's working and I, I don't think this kind of self-examination of these characters, is being mixed well with a side story of the murder uh, superheroes type story. Yeah, like it also is being Murrah, mixed Ms. well.
0: With, yeah, also the self exploration is being mixed well with the characters chosen.
2: Right, because it's, so, yeah, it's very
0: yeah, clear Tom yeah. King, like just very clear from like reading this, Tom King doesn't have a very solid grasp on like half the characters he's writing about right now.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I've heard him say like that is. A challenge for him, and he enjoyed. Like, look what he's did with. Look, look at the characters that he's had major success with. Vision, you know what I mean? Mister Miracle, like those aren't big characters. Like, but
0: yeah. he made he made. A, a, that's what I mean. So I yeah, think, but yeah, but like, yeah. here's the difference. Those things, those stories, th- those things are characters. Their own
2: self-contained, yeah, like, like, so- self-contained yeah, yeah. stories where yeah. the, the
0: entire focus is on those characters and. I may be wrong. I may be wrong about this, but I f- probably chosen by King. mm Hmm. So. So, so, t- so, saying, "Hey, I think this character is interesting, but I haven't written about him before. Let me see what I can do with it." And, "Hey, Dan Didio, what should I write about?"
2: Right. Yeah. No, good point.
0: Not really the same side. Not really. The, <clears throat> not really the different co- sides. Sides of the same coin. There. Right. That is two different uh, coins and two different currencies.
2: Yeah, and I think because of this cast, the characters is is much larger and in the general sense he is also trying to tell a bigger like kind of event like story here you know what i mean like it's i think it's for that reason being it's just i think it's a it's a little detour from what he's kind of really known for and good at doing and i think it's too much i think the challenge he took on by doing this like you said having to use people like harley quinn and and fucking like all these no name characters because they can't really kill off all the like a whole bunch of popular people is yes. is really... except
0: for Wally West, I guess. Well, I mean, if he's they I mean, have don't two know what's Walleys, gonna happen.
1: They're like, eh, we
2: can kill one. <laughs>
1: we killed yeah, no, this one before. Is that
0: other Wally still around? I don't know. I haven't read The, the, the Bla- Flash in a while.
2: The black one? Yeah. Yeah, he's still around.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. I, he, I swear that was probably Dan Di thought process. And eh, we could kill one of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, hey, we just brought, like, like, the numbers are coming, it's like, hey, we brought this guy back, he's a fucking real, he's a fan favorite character, he's doing fucking great, everything's awesome, and Dan Dio just sitting there, looks the white one, looks the black one, back and forth, <laughs> yeah, we can't kill that, he's a black kid, that'll just be too bad, kill the white one again. <laughs>
2: I, uh.
1: Which, speaking of, uh, I don't know if you guys both finished Young Justice Season 2 back when it aired. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's bringing back
0: memories. Yeah, fuck Christ. <laughs> At least that Wally got to go out as a fucking hero. As opposed to just being fucking killed in a f- field in fucking Kansas. Ah.
1: God damn it, DC.
0: Young Justice is so fucking good. <laughs>
1: Which is why I'm stealing it.
0: Oh hell yeah, dude! <laughs> Outsiders like, coming out in January, like, I
1: think. Yeah, January third. Oh, or that's good. Oh, it's gonna be and so fucking I, good. And I specifically told uh, Caveman it, when I when I told him this was happening. He told I told he told me, "Birdie, we're stealing it." Right? It's like, oh, of course, great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, DC did such a terrible job managing their own properties that even Caveman is now considering stealing them. <laughs> That is impressive. That is a feat right there.
3: <laughs> <sighs>
1: so 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 I'm getting the impression that the first third of this mega series is not going well. Nope. <laughs> no. It is poor. So.
0: It is very poor.
2: Yeah. Uh and then yeah, I would say I mean, as much as you you think <laughs> I love Tom King, on Bernie, This is probably the most conflicting thing for me that he's written. Like in terms of me enjoying it, I I don't I haven't enjoyed. Uh, Dude, I pretty
3: much
0: it's fine. Yeah. You you can like someone and hate a work they do.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, trust me. I'm gonna have to
1: talk about my conflicted feelings about a specific writer tonight on one of the books I'm gonna have to talk about. Mm, so. yeah. Hell, we
0: spent our time on here for the last couple months shitting on Nick Spencer. Yeah.
1: I mean even shitheads have right. sometimes done something great. Remember how much it crushed de- de- remember how much it crushed your soul to find out that Greg Land created the Nightwing
2: outfit?
0: Yeah, fucking that is
2: Yeah, he did the basically the whole ride. was a, like, that, that was
0: like that was a crush and more like just this weird dissonant scream that my fucking soul made.
2: <laughs> that was that was pre um, internet for him to look up the porn poses. That's when that's when Greg Land actually used to draw. Like, yeah, that's when, Greg, actually, that's when yeah. Greg Land had to go out
0: and invest in porn magazines to be able to trace from.
2: Yeah, and not trace. Yeah.
0: He's like, well Google image search isn't here yet. I guess I'll go out and buy a copy of Hustler.
1: So um, anything else to say about heroes in Crisis? Nope, don't read it. I will right, well, I Uh yeah. And I um, like, unless, it, like, at this point, the way you guys are talking about it, unless it becomes a colossal dumpster fire, then the yeah. only way I'm going to read it is if Dead Man goes, hey, hey, hey Birdie, uh, good, the bad, the fuck.
0: That's the only <laughs> way this series is going to fucking progress, I think. Like, it is, like, like right now it is teetering on the edge of two, of of, like competent enough to out to kind of outweigh the horridness of it but so horrid that it can't ever be considered good so it's teetering on the edge of being interesting
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah I yeah like I said I couldn't say it any, any better in my in my opinion is is that it's a very mixed bag some great moments shine through, but overall it's, it's a, it's, it's not a good experience so far. I
1: I think that's the the clash between Tom King's strength as a writer versus
0: Dan DiDio's horridness is everything.
1: The concept of the book DiDio forced on him. (laughs)
3: Like if
2: I had to, if I had to compare the two, although it has been eight issues to three, I would say I've been enjoying Doomsday Clock more than I've been enjoying this so far, for instance.
0: And speaking of transitions...
2: Yeah. Um, so, Deadman hasn't read this issue, and I don't want to talk get too in-depth with it. it's eh, uh, fucking issue, fine. Just go ahead. Issue 8 came out. Uh, similarly to you, uh, saying that that last one was your favorite issue, I would probably say this was probably my favorite issue of the series so far. Uh, for the reason... You know how we talked about how we didn't like how, like dark the first couple issues were in comparison to our real world
0: yeah it was Uh, it was the pull from the headlines stuff that we were just that I was just like oh man we need some level of distance from this
2: mm -hmm. so similarly uh, this like at least a third of this issue was like that and I was like oh no because like fucking Putin actually shows up in the fucking comic
0: oh fucking
2: (laughs) Christ okay let's stay with me though but then we're in manga zone (laughs) But then they fucking do, like, a full 180 for me and, like, a eh, like, uh, 360, whatever you want to say. No, it's back to the same spot. No, it's back to the same spot. Do a full
0: 360, go from being good to right back to where they
2: were. <laughs> right back to being bad. What to um, go, Putin? <laughs> um, and then he, and Jeff Johns writes this fucking wonderful fucking The scene of uh, Firestorm um, going like basically like they're in Russia and like his powers backfired and he he fucked over a bunch of people like they all kind of like froze somehow like in some sort of like like substance like like you know how Firestorm has got like the different elements and stuff like I don't know too much about his powers but you know know how there's like his powers are essentially alchemy. Right, and he's got somebody in his head, right? Like, yeah, they yeah, share yeah, the yeah, body, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah,
0: Firestorm Matrix is two people fused together. Right. One of them, the physical side of things. One of them, the being smart side of things. Then they, then they combine their powers. Then they combine their fucking forces to be able to manipulate the molecular structure of pretty much everything right. to turn stuff into stuff.
2: Yeah, so he basically, like... It's not ice, but he basically like it, like it, like uh, freezes all these people. Some sort of element kind of sprays out, and it's a whole fucking crowd of people. I think in like in Russia, this happens, and then oh, it's not Russia, it's somewhere else in the DC universe, but essentially, like it is like Russia. Like that's why Putin, oh, Russia, up
0: that this. crazy fictional country in the DC universe, <laughs> right next to Bialya.
1: That feels weird because, it, it, at least in the Marvel Universe, Russia's a real place with, like, an ongoing antagonism with most of the Marvel Universe. In yeah. DC, it hasn't really been a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. in DC, the only, like, other country that has been, like, super a thing, well, two of them. Yeah. Africa and fucking, uh, yeah, it's Africa and then uh, China. Mm-hmm.
1: You mean yes. uh, all of the countries in Africa, or just...
0: Yeah, I mean the continent Africa. Okay. You know what? It, it, is, it I, is... I'm
1: much... only saying because I don't want you to make the same mistakes Disney made, Dead Man, because there was a Disney animated movie where they had a United Nations, and they featured all of the countries of the world, and then just Africa.
0: Yeah, no, a, no, Africa, the <laughs> continent, because so far, of the like two to three books we've seen that have been any kind of set in Africa all of africa is the same
2: yeah uh yeah so i was wrong it actually is russia in this comic yeah so that's why i put it short. yeah it is it is russia in the dc comic and then it, superman goes to kandak, uh kandak uh to speak to um what's his name um black, black adam, adam. cuz you know how he shows up earlier yeah. in the series like that was like a lot a lot of some of the dark kind of things they were comparing Game we should really fire- stick to its
1: made up countries mm hmm
0: yeah just don't I uh,
1: it, it, is Bialia going to go to go to war with India
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah the, the only reason... country so
0: you're saying the only country that should be real in the DC universe is America and Africa yeah, the, the United States and then the country of Africa.
1: <laughs> I, I mean if we were still doing Marvel DC crossovers uh, black parents would be like hey dude what the shit But <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, just comes in let me see Wakanda then, the, then he goes to Africa it's like why wait what why where are the countries he's like what do you mean it's right there points to the entire continent <laughs> Then, then Black Panther's story then becomes the becomes his entire goal is to just try to find Earth 23 where everyone's black. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's <laughs> just right. get, that just wasn't... get
0: there. My God, those fucking white people.
2: Yeah, that's where. uh That's yeah. That was a thing, multiversity.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It actually... Earth 23, where all the white superheroes were black, and all the black superheroes were still black.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Like yeah. if you're gonna
0: commit to a bit, fucking commit to a bit. <laughs> Can't over to earth 23, Black Superman, White Cyborg. Let's go.
2: <laughs> that would be weird. Oh hell yeah, dude!
0: <laughs> I don't know just why. To get, just get that image: be... Black Batman, Black Superman, Black Wonder Woman, <laughs> and then White Cyborg and White Vixen.
1: So, so, what would be the white version of his, uh, of his black guy catchphrase? It would be like, uh, "High Didley ho shizzle. or something. <laughs> push
0: No, no, he no, just comes in, "Shaka brah.
2: Yeah, it'd basically just be a white guy trying to sound cool, like.
0: <laughs> no, no, no! He gets super into surf culture. <laughs> he just just heads out with the Titans. Yo, this shit's hella gnar-nar, brahims. <laughs> Rock God. What does it say about me that I now want to write a white cyborg? <laughs> well,
1: it says that you should go see the Aquaman movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, actually, I've been avoiding going to see the going to see the Aquaman movie by watching Stargate Atlantis.
2: What's up, bruh? Stargate Atlantis. There yeah, you go.
0: That's essentially where the Aquaman character came from. <laughs> yeah. They 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 just took they just took Jason Momoa's character from fucking uh, from fucking uh, Stargate Atlantis and took away his gun and gave him a trident instead.
1: Anyway, I think I've I've diverged so Nico get us back on track.
0: I like Jason Momoa. His Aquaman is terrible.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like like I said, I was quickly trying to mention it. (laughs) (laughs) It clocks (laughs) eight. Um, Yeah. Basically, yeah, uh, Superman sees some of this shit going on TV after he had this altercation in Russia. He flies there to basically figure out what's going on because Firestorm goes into hiding after fucking taking out a crowd of people, like basically freezing them in in place because of his elements. And then he basically flees and goes into hiding. He goes to Kandak thinking that uh, he's there. Black Adam basically says, no, he isn't. And he has like a whole kind of dictator kind of... the conversation with him kind of like let's see things from my, my, my perspective superman like you guys don't always do things right in america one of those kind of things like the dr doom fucking latveria scenario type shit so like so it was like that again a lot of kind of touchiness with kind of current event stuff going on with america i guess yeah uh, the country text. is
0: dog shit look at your fucking weird orange president
2: Right, and and yeah, exactly, because he talks about their leaders and how they do things and this kind of thing, so yeah, a lot of subtext type stuff going on, and, and, and anyways, but then he fi- ends up find, finding Firestorm somewhere else, and taking him, and, and, and he has the one kid Firestorm that he accidentally froze at the beginning, and and he actually talks Firestorm down from jumping off a ledge, and basically he's like, "Listen, you can do this. You can you can help this kid and turn him back." And he ends up wait,
0: Firestorm was going to jump off a ledge,
2: not actually jump off a ledge, but he's basically like, you know, he's like, he's a, he's a mess, like he's basically He's living like, on the edge. Okay, yeah,
0: because because <laughs> like I was gonna say like yeah, a are both people okay with this, mm-hmm. and b. Isn't it when Firestorm dies, he makes a nuclear
2: explosion? Well, that's the thing. He's like, he doesn't, he didn't want to push himself. Like Superman basically has to, he doesn't want to push himself because he feels if he tries too hard to turn this kid back to normal, who's like basically frozen, that he's going to become unstable and detonate. So that's his fear. Like, so like he basically, Wait, Superman fear?
3: basically
0: yeah, absolutely. I, th- I thought the fear would be, oh, I'll try to change the kid back, I accidentally make him pudding.
2: Well, that too, but he's like, I can, he, he knows he can transmute elements, but he's like, if I push myself too much and I don't actually know if I can fix him or not, is yeah, A, he's going to detonate, or B, he's going to basically kill this fucking kid. But instead, he actually saves him, and then he's like, oh my god, I know I, I can do it now, I can do it. And he's like, okay, so he flies into Russia, Superman, and, and then basically the crowd horribly turns on him, and and it's one of those moments where like he's trying to fix the problem but then an angry mob fucking starts off and, and, like attacking them and starts shooting ends up shooting through some of the people that are frozen in place and and making more and more of a mess of it until the point that firestorm basically just loses his shit and and this is all being televised and meanwhile batman is flying there on his way there to fucking stop this he's like oh no clark he's like do not speak for the american people right now what are you doing like and it's on news it's being publicized And it's just, like, one of these whole things where, basically, Superman and him are on international soil and fucking everything up and making them look bad. Yep. Yeah, and like you said, it was very touchy, but the fucking moment was written really fucking well. Like, I really actually ended up enjoying it. It was just one of those moments where everything was going to shit. And it continued to go to shit. <laughs> it left on such a cliffhanger where you thought that they, like, it was one of those things. Like, listen, we can help you. Like, we, we know how to fix this. But then they weren't. They just weren't having it. And 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 then you know, shit just got worse. And and I really, I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> so yeah, it's a bit grim. So uh, like, quick question. <laughs> yeah.
0: What did the Watchmen characters have to do in this, or were they involved at all? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely nothing in this issue. It was all DC.
0: Okay, this is this is weird with this book.
2: Yeah, you, so, you, you only get one issue. Sorry, one page. The opening page, you see uh, what's his name? Um, but what was his name? The cat, Babu, Babastus, or whatever. What, what the fuck's that watchman? Yeah, um, you see him, who I thought died in the last issue, didn't he? Fucking get fried. Yeah, that
0: yeah, name? he fucking turned into Doctor Manhattan, basically. Right yeah, so got, They got to where he was He goes And then explodes
2: Right So you see him At the start of this And then you just see What's his name It looks like In the president's office In the shadows um, is Saying yes Yes This one will do nicely And he's like Looking at a file and then <laughs> <dark. It's, yeah. laughs> That's That's the only moment One page That you get For uh, Watchmen In this He's like
0: This will uh, do nicely issue. It's like Of course President Solidus Snake Yeah Just turns and it into anyways. Metal Gear Yeah <laughs>
1: Honestly, as insane as the writing for Metal Gear Games is, I I still think it makes more sense than what you guys have been describing.
0: Man, I want to do I want Hideo Kojima to write a western comic now. Can you fucking imagine that?
2: <laughs> no.
1: He <laughs> would take inspiration from Grant Morrison, knowing his tendencies. <laughs> But, like, more normal comic book writers, she's like, eh, no, this is too boring. Ooh, who's this person? He seems to understand narrative.
0: Yeah, and then it get five issues in, and it turns out the entire story has actually been retconned. It's like, no, it was actually this way because of nano machines, son. Uh, but yeah, like, so one, the weird thing with this fucking book right now is they have this entire other story happening. Yeah. Yeah. That does not involve the doom that does not involve the watchman characters at all. Uh, yeah well like, like the story was set up as like, hey, we're gonna get fucking answers it's gonna be bringing the watchman characters into this and then we're gonna be they're gonna be seeing why the new 52 happened the way it did because of fucking this bullshit like that fucking god hand that came out at the end of fucking DC universe. right. all that shit. And then we get into the actual story and the story is about the fucking Superman theory. right. Which, in and of itself, is a is, I think, a strong enough hook and a strong enough hook for DC to be able to fucking make a, an event book out of that? But so so then we have Watchmen and the Superman theory, and then just having those two crammed together in a way that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then same
2: yeah, cause you right, cause you really haven't even seen Superman till like the last issue, and they've been kind of amping up like him and him and uh, Doctor Manhattan really have only showed up once, and they're supposed to be coming together like we think to fight each other. Or who the yeah, fuck knows? Yeah, like they're building
0: up, they're fight. building, they're fucking building up for the pay per view. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm assuming the pay per view is going to be Superman goes try to hit him, and then Doctor Manhattan just goes no, and then just makes him a fucking cube.
2: I will, I will say this, though, because I, I, I left off on the cliffhanger of what basically happens at the end of this, though. It appears Firestorm does detonate at the end of this. In Russia.
0: Oh, good. Russia's been nuked.
2: And basically, Batman as he was flying there on his way is kind of like yelling to himself in the plane. Like he's like, you know, like he's like, no, I got to get there. It's like, you know, like he's like the energy readings are spiking. It's like, don't do it. Clark don't get away from him, Right. And then all of a sudden he's like, it's not firestorm, which I don't know what the fuck that means. Like this is apparently not firestorm. He says,
0: yeah. I I don't know. The shit with the fucking firestorm matrix is weird.
2: Right. So because, I don't cause, know. Cause, like,
0: fuck, right now, I don't even goddamn know if this. Is, I don't even know who this Firestorm is. No, I know.
2: I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna try to like link him to like to one of the Watchmen somehow.
0: Yeah, like there have like, been various combinations of Firestorm, and I don't know if they ever. No, wait, no. Okay, I do know. Like New Fifty Two Firestorm was two separate people who then fused into being a bigger Firestorm.
2: But wasn't Firestorm essentially like the Doctor Manhattan of uh, of his like time in the DC universe? Like, haven't I've, they've made that comparison before in terms of like their powers? Uh, not Have they quite. Not? Like, like, like he, does, he doesn't, he doesn't Firestorm control time uh, yeah, Firestorm and space. Can, like,
0: manipulate like the building blocks of fucking existence and do that shit. Uh, but it, it takes a lot of energy, and he can only do it into stuff that he understands the change of, and and like given that given that the priest inside of his head is. Like, someone else, they have, like, all all the scientific knowledge. They don't have all scientific knowledge. Dr. Manhattan is a god. Do
2: you think Dr. Manhattan was maybe in his head? Because, you know, like, uh, in some Firestorm comics, they actually let you know in on, like, who is talking to him in his head and stuff like that. And this, they don't really. Like, he's just talking to himself. So, like, I don't know... I don't know what the fuck's going on in there. Like, I'm trying to, like you said, I'm trying to figure out the connection between everything that's been going on right now. And John's either going to pull off some sort of brilliant move where he actually fuses the two together into one, or he's just going to be continuing telling, like, two different stories like they have been this whole
0: time. Yeah, and uh, so... Yeah, we're... I enjoy this is issue Sto- a lot, is So is this Firestorm white or black? He's white. Okay, so that's a Ronnie Raymond.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's either Professor Stein or... Uh, Jason something.
2: Because I don't think he refers to who he was talking to in this at all, like the name. I'm just trying to see, but...
0: Yeah, just from what I... From what oh, I no, want...
2: oh, no. So, sorry, Professor. He does say Professor at one
0: okay, point. Okay, so, yeah. But then he also says...
2: But then he also says, when it goes down, like, when he loses his shit and ends up freezing out everybody in Russia, he says, he's, he says to himself, Professor, I, I can't hear you. Please answer me. I need you. And, like, he basically loses track of him in his head at that time yeah until he goes off the deep end so it's possible something was going on during that time that's what i mean like i don't know if he's really planting like fucking seeds here and there's things we're just not catching because we don't know the full scope of what he's aiming to do at this point but uh, but yeah, that's basically what happened in this. I really like this fucking issue. Like I know, like I said, it is very close to home if you, in terms of relations, maybe with the states and and other countries at this time. Um, and for that, in that sense, I didn't love earlier issues, but they made it work with these characters, and it was one of those moments where you you could tell like they're trying to do the right thing, and something kind of changes like in 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 their mission and all of a sudden everything just kind of gets flipped upside down on its ass like and 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 it just went to shit and it's just one of those it's something that we've seen in movies and comics before and like i I just i thought it was a really good moment that played out in this yeah so
0: wikipedia just kind of broke this whole thing down i think it. i think it's spoilers i don't know okay yeah so uh in doomsday clock firestorm Was people are claiming that he was being that he was created by the American government. So Firestorm was like, yo, Superman theory is fucking bullshit. Fuck you, Russia. And then he gets into a fight with Russia's heroes and turns an entire crowd of people into glass.
2: Glass. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which, according to this thing, was if he previously deemed beyond his capabilities. So he fucking okay. fucks off with the kids, Superman then dead, they turn the kid back, they head back to Russia, and then the place just explodes. Because Dr. Manhattan that- did it.
2: So Dr. Manhattan was in him?
0: Doctor Man- no, Dr. Manhattan caused the explosion and also turned all the Russians to glass.
2: Ah, uh, so they just basically made it look like it was Firestorm.
0: Yeah, Dr. Manhattan was like fucking with him like, hey, let's get let's see what this shit at. Let's see what this shit mm-hmm. does.
2: Ah, uh, so he basically created. Ah, uh, so that is like a kind of Ozymandias move, creating distrust within. Okay, that see that makes sense. That that makes sense because basically he's causing an issue between Russia and the states in this, which he's yeah yeah okay. Huh. interesting. Great plan. Yeah. I- <laughs> Flawless execution. Uh, I don't know how this is going to go now. <laughs> that is the case. Uh, so that's him, I guess, fucking with the DC Universe and the world.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, they found out about me. Might as well get more direct with this.
2: So is Mandius really the one, though, puppeteering him in this as well? Like, Who uh, the like fuck this... knows? Right, because he's kind of, he's loving everything that's going on, it seems like. Right yeah, it's,
0: comic, it's, <laughs> it's fucking comic characters who are so smart, it is impossible to write them. So they can just do whatever.
2: Right. Yeah, I don't know. I like this issue a lot. So anyways.
0: <laughs> Alright then, that's it for event stuff. Let's move on to regular books. Birdie!
1: Well, Nico, I think we should probably... Do you want to end with it or start with it?
2: Uh, I guess you can start with it, yeah.
1: Alright. So, Nico and I are not necessarily the most subtle motherfuckers in the world, but we've been trying to hold back that we, t- we dropped some acid basically and finished reading um, <laughs> Alan Moore and J.H. William III five volume series for Vertigo Promethea
3: what the fuck did I just read man
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah. Was that a penis? It must have been a penis. Yeah. This was uh, this was an undertaking <laughs> to read this. Let me tell you. I, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, you know how Alan Moore not really good at structural plot at the best of times? That's a word for it, yes. Imagine if the entire mostly the last half of the book series yeah. is an existential journey yeah. to finding God.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, Christ. yeah. No, it basically just summed up my thoughts on it. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was reading this in trade and then about halfway through the third trade, which would be about halfway through the series. As soon as they kind of went deep in the in materia world, the world where the, the thought of basically um, Promethea brought life to this character and just like and 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 everything else for that matter and he takes you on that that exploration that journey through fucking religion through science through buddhism through all these fucking subjects that no one fucking knows as much as alan moore shows off that he knows more (laughs) about in this fucking series well so here's the
0: thing does he actually know more than everybody else or is he just pulling it out of his ass and hoping no one notices I honestly could not tell you because I he's either because I mean me, like if he supposedly understands shit more than, more than more than everybody else who would call him out on it
2: Right no it's yeah. true he is obviously a smart person and there is stuff in this that if you had no interest in these subjects or uh, uh, things that he's talking about, like from the, like, like, it was, it was a slog to get through some parts of this because it just like, he was just basically hitting us over the head with pure facts or nonsense, like you just pointed out. Because, like, it was, it, it was in every issue, J.H. Williams beautifully renders it in a new fucking style to match whatever kind of story he's telling. And it, it, I mean, let's get that out of the way right now, Bertie. Like, it, it, art is amazing right like oh yeah no um
1: like i i love j.h. williams the third and i don't think he'll ever top
2: this <laughs> yeah this was this was the tour like, de force It's like, crazy
1: like not just in terms of the visuals alone just the layout of comic book imagery yeah i don't think he's ever done anything oh like no yeah this. Like, yeah fucking like, j.h.
0: williams the third his greatest strength outside of just technical artwork is his panel layouts.
1: Yeah, like, here, here's a here's a thought for you, Dead Man, that was fun to think about, but not fun to actually read. Imagine trying to have a philosophical conversation between char- two characters as they're literally on a Mobius strip.
2: Oh, yeah, oh, that Christ. was crazy. That was oh, pretty God. crazy. <laughs> yeah, oh,
3: that God, was pretty awesome. thinking
2: about it. And every time you read it, like, a different way, like, it should work, it worked. Like, it was pretty fucking awesome how he drew that. It worked, like, with the characters of the yeah, conversation. No, this, the if
1: you're going to read this, I feel like you have to buy a physical copy of this. Because yeah. any digital version would not be able to, cop to, to get the the dimensions that you're trying because it would try Mm -hmm. it would always try to correct to the normal font and it's not it's definitely not always the normal version if you're trying to read all of it
3: yeah
2: Yeah. yeah. you, dude yeah, quick quick fact about this as well. Uh, you no, know, you, know, you buy years... you buy a
0: digital thing, and they fucking mail you a set of like warping like funhouse mirror glasses
2: <laughs> for years to capture the the way he did the art in this book. They, DC they were talking about bringing out one called an immateria edition, which is now fallen oh, by the gosh. wayside because JH Williams and them have had a falling out. So yeah, because things. DC has fucked with right.
1: Alan Moore and JH Williams the third to that's shit. that's right. Yeah. Which is and, why and, I was so pissed when I saw that. Prometheus showed up in a DC book. I was like,
2: "Fuck you, yeah. DC." Yeah. So, so basically, the immaterial edition was supposed to be a landscape view edition of the artwork. So oh, it was of- Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm very disappointed that's never going to happen now because of their yeah. relationship with
3: them.
1: Uh, there was a, there were several pages of the final volume where this character thinks they're falling through reality, and yeah. even though you're flipping the pages left to right. It's clear that the way they're laid out, you're supposed to be looking at them going down like a like a column. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and, and, and 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 the thing the thing with his art too. Not only did he did like his crazy layouts and everything else that that happened in this with his art, it, every fucking issue was a different style.
1: Like oh, yeah, it, it's that, the same yeah, like, artist, <laughs> like the same <laughs> artist, like different pencilers and inkers, but. James Williams III and Alan Moore must have just said, yeah, we don't really want a consistent style except when it's normal reality, which is very uncommon in the last two-thirds of the book.
2: (laughs) Right. Once they enter the immateria, uh, he basically...
1: And I don't know about you, Nico, but that was the weirdest part for me, particularly in Volumes 3 and 4, where they just kept cutting back to plot. And you're just (laughs) like, Huh. You,
2: you, uh, you know what? Why is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? You needed that, though. Like, I know oh, what you're sure, talking about. Sure. Like the moments, the moments, like, with that, that super group that basically was trying to fight that villain. Yeah. Like, that, that um, like, okay, the Joker sorry, type I, mean, I character. guess we should, yeah. like,
3: fill sorry, yeah.
1: dead, Go ahead. dead bait yeah. in a part. The, okay, so, like, we talked about enough of the plot the first time where it was, like, this girl finds a fat woman in a weird Egyptian outfit who says, okay, you're the next Promethea she yeah. writes something to describe Promethea and then becomes Promethea. Uh, in the second volume, she starts meeting other people who have been Promethea, different incarnations, who are both, like, different aspects of the character and also different personifications. Mm-hmm. And yep. at the same... And uh, Sophie Bangs, yes, that is the main character's name, um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dangly part dis-
1: discovers... Um, that she had that she's the first version of Prometheus who's figured out how to make different these other aspects of Promethea manifest in other people, so that at one point in the middle of a climactic battle with every demon that's ever existed, uh, there are five Prometheas at once just infesting random people.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah,
1: yeah. But uh, the the woman who brought Sophie into this world dies that night in the hospital she had been injured badly at the beginning and she had been hanging on in the hospital but that didn't last mm-hmm. so uh sophie's like i'm gonna go search all of creation and imagination right. to find her yeah to bring and her then, back
2: yeah because they, they all stick together these prometheus yeah. like in another yeah world yeah. like they're all together yeah
1: yeah and this quest takes up two out of the five volumes mostly but mm-hmm. while this is going on sophie just tells her best friend who's kind of a bitch, like, hey, yeah. I'm going to show you how to let this other Promethea manifest inside you for a while. So you can take care of like the more mundane. And this is a weird sentence. The more mundane aspects of being Promethea. <sighs> while I just go search all of creation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you stay over here. Right. Prometheus taxes. I'm gonna go fuck the sky.
2: And then, and then I think, cor- correct me if I'm wrong. The one that ends up, uh, Fusing into her was it the one that used to be a man comic writer or no no that's about that? uh,
1: that's that's no that's a different one no the one that manifests inside her is the bisexual right amazonian battle axe from the 20s
2: right right and and then they have they the, the friend is always starting in her mind right, that's right the the friend up to this point has always denied to her that she is a lesbian and then basically they have some sort of love affair here in themselves like together like basically man remember switch yeah <laughs> i know that i know of the comic yeah yeah <laughs> This entire it, time, like,
0: and this entire time, you guys have been talking. I've just been sitting here, trying my best to wrap my shitty fourth-dimensional brain around the fifth-dimensional idea of a Grant Morrison and JH Williams the third book.
3: <laughs> that would yeah. be weird.
0: It's like, fuck, man. In, with panel layouts like that, you have to at least be have a passing familiarity with drugs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, a... just 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 the last volume where, uh, okay, so I guess I didn't mention this. It turns out that uh, Sophie's version of Promethea is the one that's going to bring about the apocalypse. Sure. <laughs> and when this starts happening, after Tom Strong of all people uh, comes after.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, well, to be fair though. He was. I guess he wanted to connect the worlds because he was doing all the America's best comics at that time. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. uh huh.
1: And I, I have like, a couple of those to read also somewhere. But, yeah, uh, but fucking
2: like... Tom Strong. <laughs> no, I know he did seem very out of place, like him and his science. Uh, yeah, just team like out randomly,
1: of this. Yeah. so like at the end of the first of the fourth volume, once Sophie discovers that her version of Prometheus is supposed to bring about the apocalypse, she's scared to do it because it's the apocalypse, right. <laughs> so she hides out in millennium city and uh, and think okay this is another thing i don't know how i feel about this and i don't know how you feel about this nico Mm -hmm. um they go super american politics circa 2003 Mm -hmm. in the last two volumes to the point where george w bush is actually in it
2: Mm -hmm. i don't recall that actually i'm trying to think back yeah Uh, so
1: once, once the apocalypse happens uh basically Donald Rumsfeld goes to George W. Bush and tells him to nuke New York before what Prometheus doing right. takes over the world.
2: Right, right. No, I, I recall that, but I didn't... I guess I didn't catch that they were, like, drawn to look like the president at yeah. that time. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. The only reason I didn't believe is because he was uh, too well articulated.
3: mm mm-hmm. he, <laughs> he spoke too well.
1: Uh, but, yeah, but yeah, this is just weird shit. She's like, it, Nico and I could tell you what happens, but like, there's not <laughs> really a plot. Like,
2: well, there is. There is a subplot going throughout the whole story. There, well, there
1: are uh, several subplots. Yeah, but I feel like yeah. that's the closest this thing comes to narrative. Right. Because other than that, it's just trying to understand the role of imagination in creation, mm-hmm. and.
2: Yeah, and and then basically it's just her, yeah, like self exploration of of like life itself and and and, and religion yeah. and the other world. Like he, she goes to basically like she goes basically to hate, like she goes to hell, and she has to like yeah, you know like I mean, those, like, yeah, it's 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 crazy. There, it goes places, man. <laughs> <yeah>. Oh,
0: <laughs> man, an, <laughs> Alan Moore, an Alan Moore book goes places. I never would have guessed But like, like
2: there's, it,
1: there's a scene where. Uh, the woman that Sophie went to find, and her husband, who she who she went looking for once she died, right. uh, jump out of literal God's domain and become yeah. doves to infest the, the two unborn twins of this random African woman just so they could re, be reborn in this world. I was like, what?
0: Good. <laughs> Christ.
2: <laughs> and then who is that person that they met along their travels that she cheats on her husband with? It was, oh, like, uh, the magician guy? Crowley, uh, yeah. Yeah, Alistair that's Crowley. right, Alistair, Alistair Crowley Alistair
1: just keeps showing up throughout. Yeah, uh, the world of creation.
2: <laughs> yeah, he just shows up one time. He's like cross dressing. They're like, "Oh, Alistair, how you doing?" <laughs> he's just like, "Hey," he's just like, "I was like, what's going on?" <laughs> it's the weirdest fucking book, man. It's it's yeah, it it, it it's very. I
1: that... I would recommend it, just if for nothing else, for the art. Yeah, but absolutely, Jesus Christ! You have to take breaks <laughs> if you tr- you can't read this end to end all at once. You would just yeah. Because, like, uh, the one thing, the one line... Okay, so... On some on some aspects, I feel like Alan Moore's ego is kind of on display with this book because yes. he keeps self inserting everywhere. He's that's like, why I didn't
2: like about it. That's my yeah. ne- that's that it was just like oh look how smart I am and look how everything I know everything about this. And he keeps topic. he keeps
1: breaking the fourth wall with having himself yeah. writing out the lines of the comic while it's happening in the comic. <laughs> and I'm like oh <laughs> right. come
0: on man, and, 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 oh, and you people write this shit no then and, fuck off the edge of my dick.
2: Yeah, and basically J.H. Williams, like, on his drawing board, trying to, like, figure yeah. things out as well. Like, they Which, to be fair, somewhere. I would
1: love to see that, because I have to know how the mind of a man who constructed this thing works. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> say what you will about how Alan Moore wrote it. the I think part of the appeal of trying to read this thing is trying to figure out what the fuck J.H. Williams was on when he constructed the panels of this shit. Yeah,
2: it's something else. Yeah, it's... Mm-hmm. it's
0: yeah, like we you have, said, it's w- we have all these fucking jokes and theories about fucking writers on drugs and shit. But I just, I just love to actually get into a room with fucking James Williams III, and he's just the most fucking normal, milk toast motherfucker on the planet.
2: That would be funny. <laughs> that would be funny. It's 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 funny because yeah. Grant Morrison really is the only one, at least to my knowledge, that's been very open about his drug use while writing a lot of these things in the past. Like, that's, yeah, yeah, Grant Morrison has uh,
0: talked uh, yeah, much yes, been, about that. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But, uh, which
0: is which is I think where which is where those jokes came from. Yeah, mm-hmm. like but originally I, I, started like riffing on fucking Grant Morrison, just any time any time I got the chance, just joking about him fucking out in a fucking desert off off his ass on off his ass on ayahuasca, just waiting for the fucking fifth dimensional beings to come down and suck his dick.
2: Yeah, but these and are all things we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways.
0: And then for that, just kind of, it just kind of like disseminated to everyone else who does weird shit, with the exception <laughs> yeah. of Frank Miller. With the exception of Frank Miller, who, as we all know, has syphilis.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I don't always believe in this idea, but the one line that I felt was the most sincere in the whole book is when, uh, towards the end, when the Promethea character is narrating the end of the story and the apocalypse, uh, she says. <laughs> Yeah, sure, this is fiction, but for you it's real. While you and I are here, while you're reading this, for you it is real. This is your experience, and I would agree with that. Reading this book is an experience. Experience,
2: yeah. Absolutely. One that I'm not I'm not upset that I I, I, I did have. No, that's absolutely what I mean, like not. the first half is excellent as well. Like the first half is excellent, but it was Yeah, it was... no, I feel
1: like the the what could make or break readers for this is how well you can go along with essentially a three-volume uh, yeah. literary digression with Alan Moore. Right.
2: Yeah. Like, I stuck in it, and, and the art did help greatly with that. But, yeah, it was one of those things where, like you said, it got very self-indulgent, and it got to the point where, like, it was you just know,
3: like... Let me just put it this uh, yeah. way.
1: If it was not drawn by J.H. Williams III, I probably would have hated the last half of this book
2: mm-hmm. series. <laughs> hmm Right, but every because issue... is just...
1: It's just Alan Moore's ego on display and his ideas on
2: display, and Mm. I'm like, I don't care, dude. (laughs) And and like you said, if if it wasn't for the art, like to give you something interesting and new to look at every every chance it got, every issue along the way, every new subject. When Nico says interesting,
1: he he's not. It's like saying interesting almost seems like it's underselling it because you will not see shit like (laughs) this
2: anywhere.
0: So, so um, Man, in if, the, if I had fucking money, just, in the new year, if I had money, yeah, just ahead. as like a fucking thought experiment, I want to commission another artist to redraw the entirety of Promethea. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you need a lot of money for that, my friend. Yeah, j-
0: just hey, Greg <laughs> Land, here's a million dollars. Redraw this book. <laughs> just to find the worst artists I can, and just see. See what they can do if they can that do would anything. Be particularly
1: weird since there's some moments where it goes photorealistic. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it really so, does.
0: No, so at that point it just flips and Greg Land develops like an actual art style.
1: Yeah, like he gets to those points like, oh god, what do I do? Like, it's, it's already there. I, I, he commissioned <laughs> me to make something else. I can't just do what's
2: already there.
1: Yeah, so, we,
0: so he just starts having a seizure and then wakes up with something that's beautifully drawn. It's like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he just goes or, out and buys the original artwork and hands it to
0: you. <laughs> or, or he just has a seizure, wakes up, and there's just actual porn there. <laughs> just porn with speech bubbles coming out of whatever.
2: Speaking of porn, there was a fucking crazy issue in the first, I think, like 10, 15 issues where there's a whole uh, pervy um, scene with this wizard dude who's trying to teach her magic. <laughs> and, and he essentially... Uh, is like this old disgusting dude but then once they get they actually hook up him in Promethea he becomes like this like younger like different version of himself or something and they they basically have sex the whole fucking issue it's like a sexual journey well, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah
3: it's yeah, very it's, strange
0: I know he I know he doesn't look like this but in my in my fucking head space all I'm seeing is fucking bueno excelente from the secret six i was <laughs> oh, sorry, section eight. Section eight, not section yeah, six. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just comes in and it's like, it's like, and here's your new magic teacher. And all of a sudden just, bueno.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, that, was yeah. Your,
2: that was your that was your your Alan Moore sex issue out of the yeah. whole thing. You know how he's I always mean, got to be something fair, like
1: that. I like, Alan Moore seems self-aware about the idea of this guy who looks like Jack Faust going, okay, you want to learn about magic? Fuck me as Promethea. Yeah. But, but at least it's not like tasteless or gross like if this was someone like mark millar yeah. this would have just been complete bag bullshit so. no
2: to be honest by the end of the experience she actually really enjoyed it and she kind of st- walked away like actually having like respect for it, <laughs> like, yeah. which is yeah. weird because it started off like a very weird alan moore kind of creepy like kind of like yeah you know, some people have accused yeah. him of like his sexual kind of how rapes and yeah, every story well, I mean, and this okay. kind of thing yeah like
1: in terms of Alan Moore books, like my my goalpost for creepy, which I like, I will never read this. I don't really want to read Lost Girls.
2: Yeah, because like, it's like I, all the fairy. tales. I don't want to imagine Alice Max. from
1: Wonderland finding her sexuality with like yeah the, the Queen of Hearts and the Rabbit. I'm like, ew, no. Uh, <laughs> mm,
2: mm. And that's what that is. Yeah, it's fairy tales. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be late. <clears throat> yeah,
2: yeah. So, but yeah, I'm coming uh, late. <laughs> <laughs> i did i did I, like you All said i did not really enjoy of penis. Of it. <laughs> so yeah it was an experience for sure I, yeah uh,
1: um i would recommend everyone at least try this but i i am very much in the this is not for everyone
2: okay i i i for one uh although we're never going to get the immateria edition in the new year they are releasing uh two volumes of uh, hardcover deluxe edition of this b- story. So that's going to be uh, uh, two volumes are going to collect the whole series, and they're going to be a little bit oversized, like the deluxe edition hardcovers that I make. So uh, I'll probably be picking that up because oh, I have the paperbacks, Christ. but I love his art so much that I'm probably going to upgrade to those. So, yep. yeah, yeah, so definitely, so definitely yeah. worth a read.
0: Uh, I, so, j- I just fucking read the character description of goddamn Wendy from Lost Girls, and what the fuck?
1: Yeah, no, don't do that. That's bad for you. Yeah, I've anyway, I flipped through the book before. Yeah, so, whoever's next.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go next. Uh, so let's talk about fucking Murder Falcon. You <laughs> okay? Yeah. Oh, fucking Lost Girls, man. Oh, anyway, so, yeah, Murder Falcon. New book from Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh, for those who have for those who are new to the show, he is the writer of Extremity, a book that uh, Nico and I have talked about on the show before and really enjoyed. Mm mm-hmm. So this is a new book, which is about defeating evil with the power of fists and metal. Yeah. So the book follows Jake. He is a is a Shelby, like out of work, former musician. He's was the lead guitarist of a fucking metal band. That apparently did pretty well locally. Like, they had some, like, fucking local buzz. Their music's on, like, Spotify, and fucking even crannies are like, oh, yes, this Bruticus is quite good. But the band broke up years ago because of shit that went on in his life, which I believe is his kid died. Okay. Yeah, they, they haven't fully explained it yet, but they've shown, like, a blue-tinted flashback scenes of, like, him and him getting married, and then him and his wife just kind of hanging out or whatever, then them at the hospital crying. And that kind of all led to the band breaking up. So he's just kind of living his life. He's just kind of, he's like trying to make ends meet. is isn't really doing all that great. He still pines for being a musician again, but doesn't want to get into it because of what it, because of what he lost. That right. seems to be the implication here. Right. Until a fucking giant monster appears in his apartment and he takes his guitar to fight it off. And then that guitar, which was smashed to pieces, then reforms as this sick Falcon guitar. <laughs> And then a fucking giant bird with a Rambo headband and a robotic arm appears in his apartment and so, and tries to fucking fight off the monster. He's like, dude, play something. And then just <laughs> and then he just begins like playing very standard chords. Yeah. Which then gives him enough power to beat this fucking monster to death.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. And the book's
0: kinda great because we start in media as res with it, with just in the middle of the city, this giant monster, like fucking a city block or whatever, just running around destroying shit. And it's like, oh god, Monster can of kill everyone. He's gonna eat that baby. That's an actual line. <laughs> and, then all of, and then all of a sudden, this fucking, like, 1980s, like, 1970s burnout van just rolls up, and fucking this, like, this fat asshole jumps out with a fucking guitar and just starts shredding. And then lightning descends <laughs> from on high, summoning this fucking buff falcon, which just beats the fuck out of this thing. And it's, and it's, and it's like. And it's like we'll defeat you with the power of metal, and yeah, because this fucking he murder. shredding. Fo- yeah, he just starts fucking, <laughs> just starts fucking ripping. <laughs> and then the dude gets, and then the dude just, and then this falcon just beats the fuck out of this monster that's ten times the size of him. <laughs> so yeah. he controls the falcon? No, 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 like no. He, the falcon is an entirely separate entity. Okay. It's okay. it's it's just the falcon gets power from him playing his guitar.
2: Right, so like, so okay. The, so the more he plays and yeah. the better
0: he plays, the more powerful the Falcon becomes.
2: That's fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so and so, what we learn is that apparently off the coast of this major metropolitan city in, in America, there's just a fucking like seven-story tall fucking monster out in the bay. Okay. It's just been there for years. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> it hasn't so, done shit. Right.
0: And then... And then we also learned that, uh, like, from like, there's a, this dimensional tear where monsters keep pouring into our dimension, and so it, and so, um, Murder Falcon, he is from another dimension that fights back this evil, but he can only do it by being by like attaching himself and like being linked to a person of metal.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, in order to get in order in order to like get him super powerful, in order to get that thing, in order to like repair that tear and stop monsters coming right through, they have to get the band back together.
2: Of course. <laughs> so that's it's about,
0: awesome. so it's about Jake and Murph, as uh, Jake calls him, right? Trying to go around and get the band back, get his old band back together, while presumably dealing with his past trauma. Right. So that he so that they could fucking rock and save the world, the power of their music.
2: Oh, that's a fun concept, man. That's awesome. It is I fucking like that. great. I like that. That's really fun. So, do you think that? Like I like is I guess that's the point you you've bit, you've gotten up to in the
0: storyline. Yeah, it's, like, uh, it's first issue.
2: Okay, do you think that these other guys are going to have their own like totems, like they, like other things that are going to come while they're rocking? So. And yeah, that I mean, it's too it's too great not to do. Yeah, right? like, <laughs> like I, say, do, I yeah. don't
0: want it to just be Murder Falcon powered by the entirety of the band because that right. just feels kind of lazy. I want yeah, fucking yeah. like different members so that Bruticus is the name of the band, but then also the like my he- party right? of heroes save the world.
2: Yeah 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 exactly So they you just, all just, have just to Just the fucking band
0: Rolls up And then the fucking Back of a fucking Semi truck opens up To just reveal This <laughs> giant stage As you just hear The oh, kick drum fine. Begin to get in As the ground Starts rumbling And a fucking like Giant mole or something Burls his way Out of the ground And is just ready To fucking Fuck shit up
3: mm-hmm.
0: And then that, just that's, drrrr, That'd be fun Yeah As the lightning fun, Strikes man. and murder falcon Is there lead them Into battle against Fucking hell Yeah
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean they gotta have their own. I would, I would think it'd be a big missed opportunity if they don't all end up with their own kind of creatures that basically activate like through their music, right? Like, basically, yeah, like like, like,
0: like yeah. can't be the only fucking one. Like, it's an entire other dimension. There needs to be a fucking other motherfuckers there powered by yeah. metal,
2: especially if they're getting the band back together and all that. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's like, uh, you know, it's like a unity kind of thing, right? That, that's yeah, that that's really awesome. Thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really cool and. I just and like I I am really liking Murph as a character right now, mm-hmm. because he seems he seems real simple. Like he seems like a decent guy, well a decent Falcon, mm-hmm. right? Who like understands the very situation, but is also just there to fucking have fun.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it's kind of great. Like like once they once they beat that monster, because yeah the book the story is a bit wraparound. around. We start like in the middle of that encounter against a giant monster. Then go to the beginning of the story. Then cut back to the middle of that fight. Then end the book with the end of that fight ending. Mm. And so so they're going to do it. Like, Jake just rolls out. He's just shredding. Uh, Murder Falcon just beats the shit out of this goddamn monster. And then everyone's like, oh, you saved us. Thank you so much. And it's like, hey, Murph, what do we do now? And Murph's is like, beer. And, and they go to fucking make out point or whatever. Hang out in the top yeah. of their van listening to metal and drinking beer.
2: <laughs> I, I the best part yeah. about his character design I'm looking at the picture right now is like that cybernetic arm that he's got wrong. oh yeah it's like, fucking... it's like three times the size of his other. it's just like wow <laughs> that's
0: awesome yeah this this book is
2: I love his art man Dean Warren
0: is a fucking amazing artist and a really solid writer yeah
2: yeah like look, look at that thing that's awesome <laughs> yeah man I I mean like his art just kind of the energy that he brings to it like it's just unreal like for a book like this that like that that goes a long way I'm sure oh yeah right? absolutely so, uh, uh, yeah
0: the one thing that I will uh, say about it is that um mm-hmm. Daniel Warren Johnson is not a musician okay it, like it, like there are, there are some books that you can get into where you can, where you, where you like go in there and see like, oh, these people have like a real understanding of music or like, like the way, like with the way they talk about it. Sure. Whatever. This doesn't feel like that. Like there is no real mention of the actual like music of it okay. other than, yeah, this metal's pretty good. Like like the one thing that always stands out in my mind, just thinking back in this book of just like the weird glaring thing is like, is like he's fighting the monster in his apartment and he's like, play the guitar, and he tries it, and he's like, Yeah, I I'm gonna play more. And he's like, Well, how about knee chord? And I'm just like, What?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And that that feels weird. That feels like somebody that feels right. like somebody who's like not really who's like knows what the chords are a bit, like like the fucking scale, but not necessarily what they are or mean or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to fucking like sit here fucking like music asshole this out. Like I don't know dick about music either. I fucking love music. And right. for a while, I played music. But I oh, don't good. know shit about actual music. I didn't
2: know that. Right. But you could just tell kind of like the way he's going on in this that he may just not be as familiar with it as he should be for the main character being in a rock band. A yeah, like
0: thing. he... Yeah. I, 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 100%, I 100% have the feeling this dude, this dude fucking loves metal. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least has an appreciation for metal. Right. Not necessarily a like super... He's not hes not going in there talking about fucking people's chord progressions. Right. He's just like, yo, those drums are fucking sick.
2: Right. I get what you're yeah.
0: saying. <laughs> this motherfucker right there with fucking double kick pedals.
3: Ah, this doing, looks doing good. Doing some of that weird
0: hyper metal shit.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah, fuck, man. Just I. It's actually a nice kind of change of pace. Given right. how fucking hard Extremity was. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, yeah. That was a grim fucking Yeah, Extremity just what? fucking went.
0: <laughs> yeah. But now we're in this thing with a fucking ripped Falcon with a goddamn robotic arm and cargo shorts hanging out with a schlubby former metal guitarist.
2: Right. Trying to get a band back for-
0: together to save the world. <laughs>
2: Even for him, I mean, this is probably a palate cleanser from his last book. You know what I mean? Like oh, he, yeah. he was like, yeah, that was kind of grim. I'm just going to have fun with this one. Because, yeah, yeah I, I can't see this going on for long, this story. but Oh, no, it's... this this
0: is like a fucking six issue at most.
2: Right. But, yeah, it looks fun. I uh, Yeah, at this point, I, I'll check out anything this guy does. Because I'm just a huge fan of his art. But the fact that he writes and draws his own thing is a bonus. Like, I, I like... You know, people that do it all like this. It's always I, I I like to support their work. You know. Oh
3: yeah,
0: yeah. As a murder falcon, check it out. Uh, I believe three issues have been released so far. Like I have said, I am a few months behind. Right. Hopefully by the new year I will be caught up. Uh
2: mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so I I went a little long than even just mentioning Doomsday Clock. So I'll just quickly want to say for the book that I was just going to talk about that you guys didn't pick. It uh, actually also <laughs> is is the book that you're going to be talking about later, Dead Man, uh, Amazing Spider-Man. This is particularly issues 8 to 10. Uh, it, At the end of 8, starts a storyline that, uh, Birdie, I think you should read these issues. Uh, this is basically bringing back a familiar face that, is, that he f- quite fixed up quite a bit in this, uh, Black Cat.
1: Uh, oh, oh yeah okay I oh this is funny this is funny <laughs> have,
2: you, have you read these issues
1: no I I heard this happened I haven't read it I probably will uh, they're really the, the, good the main reason I'm talking about the, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's funny is because the, the stupid venom comic I'm gonna talk about later Nico that I mentioned before we started yeah is where they went about the process of starting to fix black cat. <laughs>
2: Uh, okay. So, so in these issues, basically, um, Nick Spencer took what previously came before with this whole, you know, storyline, which we didn't really, uh, new status quo, which we weren't really big fans of the black cat for her being like the mob boss black cat. And he takes it in a pretty awesome direction. And, uh, I think really fixes the character up quite a bit where he kind of acknowledges that that's what she was doing. And they do have a, a little uh, throwdown with with uh, like some, like sort of like a thieves guild of the underworld. Uh, but by the end of it, they have a very great touching moment between the two where they acknowledge the fact that um, everybody's memories got wiped with that, mm. th- that thing that happened was a brand new day. Like whatever happened before, like everyone's mind got ro- wiped. One
1: more day. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, and everyone forgot that he was Spider-Man, like the people that knew, but black cats like, listen, like, we dated each other before that and, and we shared something and now everyone else may not remember who you are, but I remembered who, like who you were. And I, I've lost those memories now and I can't like, and, and, and it was like this really touching moment. Actually, I thought Nick Spencer handled really well. And he actually took off his mask and revealed himself to her and said, my name's Pete. Like, he's like, and yeah, we did share a time together and, 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 and then he went back home and, and he did the whole living with his girlfriend because he's with Mary Jane kind of thing where he's like, hey, listen, I seen Black Cat today. And she, you know, she wasn't like she got mad or whatever, knowing their past relationship. And she's like, oh, yeah, how did that go? And he, he kind of just told her, you know, what happened? She and, and it was just like a really nice like, it was like, you know what? I can go in a really shitty direction like some comic writers could hear and have some sort of like tryst between the two and like some sort of like love triangle bullshit. But no, it wasn't that at all. It was basically like, listen, we shared a moment and I, I wish I could know who you were again and, and, and uh, and yeah, it, and, and by the end of it, I was like, "That was a good Black Cat story." It was a three issue story,
0: eight to ten. Yeah, um, i really Yeah, I've, I've gotten a bit closer to where that is. I just finished issue five with my with my thing of it, and yeah. the thing I will say about Nick Spencer in his run for this, he has written these characters as way more human than they've been written in a while.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like like a lot of the moments with uh, Peter and MJ, uh, like, like with him, like making trying to make the decision of like, "Hey, we got, I I don't know." What's supposed to what's supposed to do with this whole like being split from Spider-Man thing, mm-hmm. and she's and she, the, 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 she has exchanged with him like talking about how that is who he is and that kind of like is how their relationship is and how it has always worked and she wouldn't change it for a thing and that was one of the more human interactions I've read in a Spider-Man book in fucking years. Yeah, just just no, this I, really I, just I, really simple understanding of their place in everything and just kind of. Accepting it, being happy with it. I really appreciated that. And hearing that that continues yeah. on, I am just like, yeah. okay, I feel like I can like Nick Spencer again.
2: Yeah, no, this is, it's very well handled. Like you said, it was a refreshing change of pace where, we um, you know, I felt that a lot of the dance lot stop stuff was very comic booky in the sense that a lot of those interactions, even his relationships, didn't really feel real. You Know what I mean? Like, yeah. whereas this, it, it is very, some very human moments, and 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 uh, this just proved this moment between him and Black Cat, where he kind of took some awful past threads of storylines where I would choose to forget certain things. He and he actually found like good things to, to bring up and, and actually make way like light of uh, is like these story beats, like and, and, and use them to his advantage for these very human moments was just great. I, I, I really. I really, really appreciated it. So yeah, that's issue eight to ten, um, where they kind of start up that black uh, cat. So yeah, definitely check it out. I can't, I can't express enough. That's why I wanted to talk about it. And if you end up talking about it too, the issues you read, Dead Man again. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I can't, I can't give it enough pra- praise. I'm loving Amazing Spider-Man again uh, on a level where you know, I, and with Nick Spencer of all people, it, it's really good stuff. Anyways, yeah.
0: Man, where the. What the fuck happened to goddamn Anne Maria? Uh
2: I don't know. I don't think she showed up yet in this. She, did she? I don't think so. Uh but uh the cop showed up in one of these issues that he dated as well.
0: Um oh yeah, the former goblin.
2: That's right. Uh was she a former goblin?
0: Uh well she so during the whole like uh during that whole bit in the superior Spider Man where the goblin was like building up an underground force. He actually did the take Empire. that. He, yeah, he yeah. took. Uh, took Carly. Was her name?
2: Okay, yeah, so that's her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, she, yeah she took Carly up. and
0: made her a goblin.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, she shows up in this and. And uh, Mary Jane, I guess, sees her somewhere and they have a conversation about kind of him being back with her and all this at at this point, too. Uh, He's, 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 he, Mm. and, you know, Mary Jane's not always been my favorite character either. I mean, uh, she's, she's been, she's been doing a good job with her in this. I I think, uh, yeah, he's really caught a stride. This is a good Nick Spencer book. I
1: I feel like even though, even when she was, whenever she's dating him, they always have to, particularly with her, they have to find a balance between her Being devoted to Peter and doing her own thing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they always swing too far to either extreme.
3: Mm hmm. Like, I I think the
1: reason a lot of people didn't like her when she was married to him is that she didn't have any of her own stuff to do. She was just the wife. Right. And that can get boring. But. Yeah.
0: And then, and I remember, like, after, uh, like, the brand new day stuff happened, like, like, around big time. Like, well, after big time, like, they kind of started hitting to get like, hey, maybe I'll get back together. But then she's like, he's like, no, I'm running a fucking nightclub. I can't be with a person. And then she leaves the fucking city with another guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, so it is either So either, I am devoted to you and nothing else like a good housewife should be. Or fuck you, I'm an independent woman who don't need no man except this one.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wow. By, by the way, wow. uh brilliant yep. timing for uh Mary Jane to make decisions. She got with Tony seconds before civil war two happened so. <laughs> yeah. yeah just, just like
0: just, yeah, just just heads in there it's like all right mr stark first thing up on the docket is um we got this fucking kid apparently can like, see the future or whatever you want to say what that's about and then just
1: <laughs> yeah God. by the way dead dead man i learned something rather depressing today i don't know why i didn't know this but the first time Bendis and David Marquez worked together at Marvel was creating Miles Morales. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck right. Yeah. I, That's depressing.
0: Yeah, I just I I don't in my head, for whatever reason, I always just assume that the, uh, the Ultimate Spider Man artist was Sarah Pacelli.
1: She was for right. part of it, but David Martin Yeah, but like even when even quickly. when she even when she
0: isn't like she's kind of the name I associate with Ultimate Spider Man in terms of artwork. Well, I mean, no.
2: if you want to go Peter Parker, Ultimate Spider Man, though Bagley's the main guy.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just like when I started getting into like actually finding out more about the people who make these comics aside from just writer. Mm. Uh, Sarah Pacelli was kind of the artist at the time of Ultimate Spider Man, and so that was so that was like all right, yeah. So first thing I learned. And then they're just kind of stuck in my head.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, Marquez is great, though.
0: Yeah, he's fucking fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah. his art's wasted on Civil War
0: too Fucking wasted.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck that book.
0: <laughs> it's <is> so bad. <laughs> anyway. Right, I'm going
1: to have to talk about that shit again tonight. God damn it. But
3: we'll still get to <laughs> yeah,
2: it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. That's that's all I have to say about what's amazing right now. Yeah, are but, they, uh, Bertie? Definitely check that out. Even if you haven't been reading the series, okay. I, think, I think you'd really enjoy it. This is definitely a I, I, for I me mean, anyway. I've, it's a good black I, cat I, story.
1: I, I haven't mentioned this, but I've kind of like a bad junkie because Marvel's been fucking her over so much. I've been looking for other ways to read uh, Jennifer Walters She Hulk comics. <laughs> right. So because uh, like I don't care what else you say about. Aaron's take on the (laughs) Avengers, Nico. Yeah, yeah. He's fucked, Jen. Like I'm. It's not just Marvel anymore. It's it's him. It's fucking him. And (laughs) I and and I can say this for goddamn certain because even the X Men books are treating her just like normal She Hulk at this point. It's only fucking Aaron. Yeah, she she is
0: everywhere else the Marvel Universe. She is back to being herself, except in the Avengers.
2: Have you read the newest issue of Avengers? Fuck no! I I read is the this first. The one where I read she's the first three issues and Thor. stopped? Yeah, she's fucking Thor now. That's what I was trying to say. God so, no. damn it! Uh, and then they have a moment where she doesn't act like like ridiculous like Hulk that she currently is, and where he sees her just as Jennifer. And then she they go on a date, and she's like, "Oh, you didn't want me here as Jennifer. You want me there as that other thing or whatever." <laughs> and then, like, and then yeah, he's like,
1: because like he, he's still hooked on yo Hulk is warmest man yeah. there is."
2: And then and then he kind of has this moment
0: where he's like, "No, no,
2: I wanted you here as Je- as Jennifer, but I don't know no, how to act on a, the on a Jennifer date." The
0: Walters. So tell me, how was uh, law today?
2: And then he's like, "Well, I don't Did know how to do act on a court." Date. <laughs> And, and and then and then and then when he says this like sweet thing to her though, then she hulks out and ends up making out. I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, so it was Ugh. very. It was, it was
1: very... Know, like, and I also I didn't realize that apparently uh, Jennifer Walters' stupid Gray She Hulk was in Thor Seven Hundred. <laughs> oh really? And like worse than even it was in her solo book when she was Gray She Hulk because oh, apparently. Good. <laughs> like, like apparently she has no control over it and she completely blacks out whenever she turns into the Hulk, In according to Aaron in that book. You know, like, like
0: how Hulk do. <laughs> the thing that we all love about She-Hulk is that she is just like Hulk. Hulk is the most interesting there is.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, you had, do you have anything else to say about... I mean, no. I will probably read these, Nico, since I... I miss old black cat, but, uh,
2: uh, yeah, I think this is a kind of a return to form for the character. I, I think mean, from God. everything you
1: guys have been saying, this whole run by Spencer has been a return yeah. to form for Spider-Man. Oh no, yeah. So, this absolutely. this has been
0: absolutely. a, this has been a real fucking wake up call that Spider-Man needed. It was a, it was a fresh, it's a, it's fresh blood in there. Yeah. Give me get the, give me get the fresh take of let's be Spider-Man
3: again.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, they're trying interesting things. The art's been solid and also like the storylines like he's been doing a lot of two three issue stories here like which I can appreciate like I don't always need like there is a through line of of an ongoing story as a writer should do that's been building ever since issue one in a sense but it's one of those things where like this black cat one was like a three issue little story which you could just read this come in read this and you know yeah meanwhile that that
0: beginning five issue story arc. There was all the, there was all that shit happening, and then it's revealed that it that it, part of it at least the inciting incident was a part of the plan of Craven.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the first yeah, I think the first three, four issues, right, was one storyline, but there's a lot of things going on. So like it's not like they're focusing ever on one aspect of this storyline that's building and they're basically reintroducing a lot of the characters that you know and love, as well as not forgetting some of the ones that have come before, like with slots run. Yeah. So I I, I it's been like very good balance and I think it's 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 top notch Spencer. And like it was just good it's,
3: it's, good
0: it's just a small thing. It was just kind of funny seeing fucking Peter Stealing Boomerang's car, right? Yeah, just you got you got Boomerang to steal the fucking science shit he needed. So then, so as soon as he was done that, Peter just snuck into his car, just drove off with it. <laughs> uh, I like this book. I like Spider-Man again, man.
2: Yeah, it's 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 nice to say. Honestly, I'm yeah. really. Yeah, I'm really after that last couple of years with slots run. I uh, I kind of tapped out and I did go back and read it, but um, it wasn't as good as this has been so far for me. It, I, not uh, at all. I really like to. Yeah, the highs of Dan slots run were were good. Don't get me wrong. Like yeah, really, he had some moments. Where yeah. It was really okay. Good. Um. So
1: yeah. Okay, go on. Okay, I have something to say. Nico, do you have anything else to say about this book before nope, I move on? No. Nope, okay. Absolutely not. So, I feel like this year in particular. We kind of have to assess, like, the goods and the bads of Dan Slott's contributions to Spider-Man.
2: Okay. <laughs> because... <laughs> oh, Spider-Verse? Think about, okay,
1: think about... Yeah, well, yeah. In yeah. the Spider-Verse is yeah. a fucking great movie. You should all go see it. It has the greatest onomatopoeia joke ever.
2: Mm, I've heard that it's
1: great, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, you, can check out an earlier, you can check out the review of it, available now on testdoorprots.com. Yeah,
1: and Spider-Verse was Dan Slott's idea. But also, uh, Spider Man for the PS four is largely based on a lot of ideas that Dan Slot brought to the character, like his villains, his version of these characters, uh his Spider Pete's Peter's relationship with the
0: police and some of those earlier
1: Dan Slot runs.
0: Yeah, like that that's the thing about Dan Slot. Like Dan Slot shaped Spider Man in a way few writers have. Yeah. It's it's just it went on for so long that he that that he just stopped having those really great ideas.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, believe me. And that's my point, that, like, for all the... It, we need to, like, assess that, like, there are people who still think that everything Dan Law has done for Spider-Man is good.
3: No.
0: And no. Have you read Alpha?
1: The, the, those people are wrong. <laughs> Case in point, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Venom, Inc. <laughs> oh, God. Do you get it?
2: It, this, I thought it, I it, thought we were going to talk about an old Venom story. Oh man! <laughs> do,
0: do you get it? Because Venom should be a joke, Shy King, but yeah. also incorporate I read the
2: Amazing Spider-Man issues of this, but not the actual other ones. But go on. Yeah. <laughs> so it
1: still weirds me out that this book keeps shitting on Dan Slott's <laughs> decisions to make regarding Black Cat. And it's written by Dan Slott. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, fucking venom. like the like the parts that aren't written by uh, Donny Cates, the uh, the Venom writer, are written by Dan Slott, and that's still fucking weird to me. <sighs> okay, so two positives out of the way before I shit all over this book. Um, Ryan Stegman is a good artist. Yeah. yeah, a very good artist.
0: Who's uh,
2: also doing the main Venom book now.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, and he recently got a call out in the uh, Spider-Man Deadpool run where fucking right, where Deadpool's like, oh was but that. he's fucking great." <laughs> it's part of a dinosaur pun.
1: Yeah, and um, I the one thing I kind of like is the that there's a lot of heartwarming bro moments between flash thompson and peter parker because like flash thompson the jock who bullied peter parker grew up idolizing spider-man and from that idolization went on to become a active military uh so an active soldier who was heavily injured in the military but still tried to serve his country and do something good with venom which peter genuinely respects and idolizes that aspect of flash so they have all these manly dude bro moments that actually kind of work and they both keep getting mad at each other when they undercut each other's heartwarming bro moments
0: oh yeah Th- that relationship has been something that i that is actually made me want to go back to like really old spider-man just to watch it like actually develop
1: yeah sure no i understand that okay now everything bad about this book
0: Woo. Here we go. (laughs) Strap in, fuckers.
1: So for a very stupid brief period after um, Flash Thompson was done being Venom, there was this other military vet named Lee Price who was Venom for like six issues (laughs) who got fucked over by criminal Black Cat and uh, got his ass beat by Scorpion. Uh, So... I don't know how he found out about her, but he somehow uh, tracks Mania down and has a team remove the symbiote from her so that he can use it himself.
0: Oh, fuck you! What? <laughs> God damn <laughs> it! Everyone's a Venom. I like Mania. <laughs> Any X She's and
1: it's cool. His his version of Mania. It hit. Well, his version of the symbiote. Now that he, oh, well, he and. To to further piss you off, dead man, he now calls himself maniac.
0: Oh, fuck you! What? That's a bullshit.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> but
0: oh, fuck all this shit. This
1: in, in, it, it, in addition. So it's it gets worse. <laughs> St- uh, okay. okay. <laughs> This is, I see why Nico was upset, because this is not exactly the same kind of fun, stupid, like, Venom Center Takes All is. This is just kind of frustrating. <laughs> but, okay,
0: so. Yeah, because no one in fucking Marvel knows what to do with Venom.
1: So, once he becomes maniac. Which I'll also be talking about the, a bit. He has the power to spit Venom masks at people to control them. And that's how he looks as Maniac.
0: What the fuck? Oh, hey, cool, it's Haunt. Yeah, that <laughs> does look like wish. fucking Haunt. Well, okay, Stegman it's shitty is a fan haunt. of cap- <laughs> It's where <laughs> Haunt would have went if they didn't swap out artists and then have the book turned to shit.
2: Yeah, well, Stegman is a fan of Capullo and uh, McFarlane, so like his style does compliment that.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, but okay. like,
0: they're yeah, this ridiculous. feels like a writer decision. Like I, I, I want to have more faith in Stagman, and believe that just fucking this is the best he could do with the description he was given by the writer.
2: This kind of yeah, looks I, like the fawns if he became Venom. Hey. <laughs> hey, that's just too big.
0: Hey Spider Man, forget about it. Slap the jukebox and it just eats it.
2: Eah,
0: does it sort of snake? age, he just has his hands in his pockets. Eee as the fucking symbiote goes up with a thumbs up.
2: <laughs> oh, that, that looks ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know was, Venom was a greaser now. <laughs> like what's going on? Here?
0: Yeah, he's a big fan of the darkness. No, no, parrots! <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that is the stuff he would listen to. I mean, there was that one time he made his entire planet kill themselves.
1: <laughs> but anyway, so I guess as revenge for Catwoman... For, not Cat, sorry, wrong character. Black Cat fucking him over. Um, he just... Basically takes control of her, her and her entire gang using these stupid veni- Venom masks, like what you're seeing there.
0: Oh, so he's and... Starro.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically. Just not as effective. Woo! Because... <laughs> okay, and this is the other problem with this. This thing is really divorced from itself, because there feels like there's two subplots going on for most of the book that never intersect, except a ca- uh, except when they do, it's kind of stupid. So, like, while Maniac is uh, assembling his army, um, Venom Eddie Brock meets uh, runs into Flash Thompson, and briefly, while this is happening, uh, I don't know if you've ever read the 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 birth of Venom storyline where Venom first appears and tries to kill Spider Man. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, but there's this one iconic image that a lot of books like to not to rip off, where as like a, a desperate, as a desperation maneuver to stop Venom, uh, Peter starts talking to the symbiote to try to get it to come back to him, and then it gets kind of trapped between the two people it's bonded to, and the the stress of trying to bond with two people at the same time knocks both the symbiote and Eddie out.
0: Okay, well, and, I, I haven't read that issue, but I've seen that story bit beat. Okay, because yeah, like it, it always shows up. It's like it's like the two of them are standing up there. It's like we were taking we were, and then and then Peter's like, "Hey, Symbio, come on back, buddy, come here, boy."
1: Yeah, they. I mean, that it's a very popular thing to discuss to, to to reference, but um, so just randomly uh, where this is happening, uh, there's a vat of. Uh, symbiote, anti-symbiote juice.
0: <laughs> you know, that's stuff they have. <laughs> they, sell, they sell it down at the CVS.
1: And Peter knocks it over to try to destroy uh, the Venom symbiote. Uh, all it ends up doing is separating the symbiote from Eddie briefly and turning Flash into anti-Venom.
0: Ah. Uh. <sighs> Remember that, that kind of neat idea for like a hot second of anti venom?
2: Um, I liked did his, nothing. Yeah, he, I mean, he played a, a interesting part, I thought, in like Spider Island, and and uh, that was that was all right. But oh, yeah, yeah like, the that,
0: whole, but like the whole yeah. thing of the whole thing of just and
2: <laughs> slot shit all over him at the end of his run. Too. Oh
0: fuck yeah, dude! Yeah, yeah. I want to flip the fucking table, man. I just just yeah. there's, there's there's a Anti Venom exists because of fucking Mister Negative's powers.
2: <laughs> right.
0: You don't. I don't think you just, can just do that.
1: <laughs> like I said, good and bad parts a slot.
0: <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh, but, so um, dumb.
1: Yeah, and clearly they only c- turned Flash into Anti Venom as a MacGuffin to deal with Maniac's powers,
0: <laughs> and also, also I I remember reading a thing and i saw a fucking flash antivenom just die
1: uh he gets fucked up but he doesn't die
0: i think it was like at the end of maybe
1: maybe after this maybe i don't know <laughs> but uh yeah it's just <laughs> so like and literally like as a side of just how shit this guy maniac is as a villain uh the first thing that happens when, when the, these venom-possessed people fight uh, anti-venom is that um, a black cat um, gets into too close confrontation with anti-venom and the, the, the anti-venom symbiote touches the mask and dissolves it. So it's like, oh, so you're absolutely no threat at all except that there's just a lot of you. So it's basically just a bullet sponge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And hell, he, you don't even need fucking anti-venom. Just fucking get a powerful subwoofer. I asked the thing: venom is venom does not work as a fucking we are legion style villain because he is barely a he is he is a threat oh, when he is, is, is like f- he is a threat when he is fucking single targeting a person.
1: Like it only it only works as a we are legion thing if it's like everyone.
0: Yeah, like some planet like,
1: uh, shit, not just like, uh, a criminal family. Like, uh, what was that game for the PS2 where it was like... Uh, Web M- of Shadows? Web of Shadows, where it was like everyone was a symbiote. Like, that's, that's a little different. That's like a post-apocalyptic scenario that actually yeah, kind of worked.
0: It's essentially a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. But if it is, it is like, watch out, here comes Venom and his 20 other people it's just yeah, like, no, oh, well, work. then just let's just fucking put on some fucking Skrullix and yeah. let's go.
1: So, and since Nico read the Amazing Spider-Man issues of this, I guess you saw the brief weird period where they had the stupid black oil sock head over Spider-Man's mask when he was possessed. And how <laughs> fucking stupid that was. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Nico?
2: What, what sorry, what, you repeat it again?
1: Uh, the brief period where Peter gets possessed by the, the sock head, and it just looks like he's got a black, oily sock over his Spider-Man mask.
0: No, I don't know. I don't remember that. Look am looking up a picture.
1: Yeah. When was that?
0: Uh, that? That was during the run.
2: Yeah, this was during this story. Oh, okay. No, I didn't read that. I I don't recall that. I, I read the Amazing Spider-Man issues and the slot stuff, but okay. I this Venom stuff wasn't that good. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah
0: (laughs) just that immediate drop
2: yeah okay because
0: i was reading the oh what the fuck
2: yeah because i didn't read any of the main event like actual venom ink issues it was just the tie-in issue for amazing which i don't know if i recall this happening in that but this was was fucking
0: look at (laughs) just this fucking weeb asshole with a venom face (laughs)
3: Yeah, is, the, Looks like a
0: fucking Final Fantasy character.
1: The alternate covers for this just make it worse.
0: <laughs> so much worse. <laughs> this is all terrible.
2: Yeah. yeah, this is very bad.
0: Just fucking uh. put that shit back on Flash. Let him go be fucking goddamn Agent Venom again. Fucking give Mania back her goddamn yeah. sy- sy- symbiote. So she doesn't have her weird hell powers.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. At the end of it, she just has hell powers.
0: Yeah, fuck that noise, dude. She is fucking mania, man. Yeah. I really gotta kill what I love.
1: <laughs> yeah, and as a side... So, yeah, I mean, the only thing that was kind of fun with, like... That's what stupid- it looks like,
2: the Spider-Man mask, that picture. Yeah. I just- <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly that's the first thing I thought of when I saw that was this oh, picture
0: of sure. like it's <laughs> his own <laughs> nose.
3: <laughs> oh man,
1: derp!
0: Good <laughs> God!
1: Yeah, like the only part of this that was kind of satisfying was watching Black Cat kick Spi- uh, possess Spider Man's ass, just because of how stupid this was. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it, oh, yeah
1: I... and it just it just it gets stupider from there and and it goes full 90s after this where Venom shows up Eddie Brock Venom shows up again spouting two giant guns I just it's like
0: Eddie Brock is a character who has never been able to escape 1997
1: <laughs> I kept I kept looking for pouches <laughs> No that's the thing dude with
0: the Venom symbiote it's all a pouch
2: <laughs>
0: Venom is infinite pouches <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, really.
1: He is the
0: ultimate pouch. Oh. Yeah,
2: he's so
1: he's so only... when <laughs> mani when maniac's stupid plan of I'll possess the five families with my venom powers fails. He just says hey, I'll just go full fucking venom kaiju. It's like
0: why do you su- how does he how does a- how does one character suck this much?
1: When the writing's this bad,
0: like this is kind of amazing. Just top to bottom, this entire fucking thing is. Oh god, impressively stupid. Yeah, like it's. How is it that I like so in this in this chat thread that we have? So we are, we do this on Discord. so We have like a fucking chat thread in there. I can position it in such a way that I can see a fat middle-aged man with a guitar and a murder falcon wearing cargo shorts behind him. And that is the least ridiculous thing I'm looking at. <laughs> like I got that and then two things down, this fucking Jackie Estacado alternate universe fanfic.
1: Man, I miss Jackie Estacado. <laughs> Like I don't like all that like top cow image stuff, but the darkness was more fun than this.
0: Oh yeah, because it (laughs) fucking knew and like it. When whenever he fucking some of the darklings, the darkling would just take the shit out of him.
2: Yeah, this is just uh, embarrassing. This is just lazy. lazy This is some top cow bullshit. uh, I don't know, man. (laughs) You sound depressed. (laughs) Yeah, no, because just, it's when I told like, Nico I, I,
1: I was talking about a bad Venom comic, he was hoping it was the kind of bad comic that we can enjoy talking about where it's like incredibly awful art, like laughably dated writing decisions. Yeah. All of this is just... I- that, everything that's, that's why, wrong with it now
2: that's why some of those 90s comics are actually fun to read because you're like if you have the right mind frame going into it you're like you know what this is going to be incredibly cheesy at times and ridiculous but if i get a laugh out of it and some enjoyment okay but like this is just bad like just bad for bad sake lazy fucking writing lazy yeah. ideas like you know what i mean like i'm just like come on like <laughs> I don't know, and and and, and you know, and they try to make it look. Ser- and I don't understand why the fuck this came towards the end of the last arc on his run on Spider-Man. Like it was because, just yeah, like, fuck like I said,
1: like I don't know why
2: it slot shit on
1: his own creation. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was just like it, 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 this because this I think was before that fucking Red Goblin arc that he did before the uh, end of his life, yeah. which was also kind of. Ridiculous, but you know it, yeah, it at least I, tied up a lot of loose ends. This was just like, let's just do this for the fuck of it. But, so, like, but just like
1: as a sign like, of that, like go- Hulk Goblin from Ultimate Spider-Man is a thing, and it's in Spider the Spider Verse movie, and that's right. still less ridiculous than Red Goblin. <laughs> yeah, no, it
0: is. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in my head. I'm just picturing it like that guy who's about who knows he's about to be fired or quit from a job, so he just doesn't care anymore.
1: Fuck it later, bitches.
0: Yeah, essentially, like this, this is the equivalent of Dan Slott walking into work with no shirt and smoking.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because this didn't come out when the Venom movie was out. This was before. No, that. I, oh, it, way this before. Was,
1: right? Yeah, this was like a year or so. But like, I mean, we were talking about right. how, like, in the year or so before the movie's release, they were Marvel was trying to play nice with Sony and release. Venom comics to kind of promote Venom, and I guess it worked since that movie made over a hundred billion dollars at the box office. Mm. But mm. yeah, fuck.
0: Ugh. Yeah, but on what kind of budget? Let me let me just double. I actually want. I actually want to check the numbers on that fucking movie because this is also part of my fucking job.
2: I wonder how Spawn's gonna do.
0: Ah, fuck. I, I don't know. Damn it! It did good.
2: Yeah.
1: No.
0: Domestic. Yeah. So on a production budget of a hundred million, it made domestically two hundred million. Yeah. And then internationally, six hundred and fifty million. Yep. So fuck it did well.
2: Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't they already greenlight two sequels? Fucking something? probably. Yeah,
1: they they greenlighted a, a direct sequel and a spin off a spin off movie where it's just Michael Morbius. Hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah, I can't wait to see how it crosses over with the Ant May movie. <laughs> uh,
1: God. Yeah, but that was a thing.
0: Is... That was a fucking thing. Avi Arid and fucking whatever that lady's name is that runs Sony. Both
1: set Yeah, Amy, Amy Pascal. Pestol.
0: They both sat down and were like, "Hey, okay, so we need to fucking build our own goddamn cinematic universe. We have this one fucking character. What are we gonna do with them? I know it's fucking Ant. There it is." Fucking Christ!
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's just you know, and again, it's a, I still can't believe Slot wasn't in, involved in the writing process of this. At the end of the last issue of this, um, Black Cat is surveying the remnants of her destroyed criminal empire, and then Venom so, shows up and said, "Yeah, you know, you always kind of sucked as a villain. You should just go back to being a middle I mean the criminal vigilante." <laughs> Because like yeah. he's not saying don't no, be a criminal. He's just saying stop being a crime lord. It never worked for you. Yeah. Which is, and wait, we say sur- you say
0: surveying her criminal empire. Do you mean her one building in Hammerhead?
1: Yeah. Yeah, just without it's Hammerhead true. because ever Hammerhead had
2: in it. the, It's true. Hammerhead and like the the like the random here and there that walked through the doors. Yeah, yeah Her it's fucking criminal empire was it? a bunch of
0: jobbers <laughs> in Hammerhead.
2: Yeah, good number two.
0: That was her empire. <laughs> good
2: number three.
0: Just it's like, hey, we got a bunch of fucking dads from the YMCA who don't have anything better to do. <laughs> you want to fucking you want to fucking be criminals? Want to be crime boys? And they're like, yeah, we got nothing. Yeah, sure, might as well. It's like hey, I gotta be home by se- I gotta be home by th- I gotta be off by three. I need to pick up my kid from school. <laughs> yeah. then hammerhead, right. hammerhead's just there with fucking just his glasses on the end of his nose, just filling out timesheets. Scheduling the entire thing because Black can't get me fucking asked to fucking micromanage your fucking people. That w- that was essentially Hammerhead's criminal empire that Black Cat was a part of.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> Which is why I much prefer uh, apparently what they did in um, the Spider-Man PS4 game where Black Cat was being blackmailed into working for Hammerhead, and she turned on him the moment he no longer had that blackmail. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because back in, cause in the fucking Spider-Man game, Black Cat's back to being an ambiguous thief. Yeah. Which is kind of where her comfort zone
3: is.
1: Yeah. And again, I I always feel weird whenever I say get back to the status quo, because I understand that the status quo needs to change occasionally to do something new. But it just feels like all of the attempts to do something new or different with these characters has been stupid yeah, because,
0: because everything they try to do new and different breaks what the characters are. Yeah, you, you fucking, fucking Peter Parker. His whole thing is responsibility and I have no money. So how do we fix that? Make him billionaire. Wait, why isn't that working? All right, Black Cat. Fun thief, good foil to fucking Spider-Man with that relationship there. All right, how do we change her? I know. Mob boss hates Spider-Man. Boom, there we go. Wait, why isn't that working? Just you can like you can change things up and not break what makes the character the character.
1: Yeah. Jennifer Walter She-Hulk. What do people like about her? She's independent, she's smart, she's strong without being like rage happy. What do we turn her into? Uh just the Hulk.
0: Yeah. Wait, why didn't that work?
1: Well, no, it seems to be working because people seem to really like Jason Aaron's Avengers run with her. <laughs>
0: alright, we alright, we got Carol Danvers. She is a fuck she's just she's like a Great person, doing this, doing that, doing that, whatever. All right, How we change her? I know. Let's make her. The, let's make her fucking the head of pre-crime. Wait, why does everyone hate her now? Hey, just hey, fucking Jessica Drew. She exists. Let's just like not. Wait, why didn't that work? Oh god. <laughs> anyway, anything I'll say about Venom Inc
3: no
1: just it was a train wreck but it wasn't a fu- it was not even a fun train wreck like what we got with fucking uh... like I-, I am genuinely happy I read Venom Center Take All if for nothing else just the discussion we had right. about that bullshit <laughs> afterwards cause yeah. that was like I-, I can almost imagine us like through the internet all having beer and pizza and just laying out images and
2: laughing our asses off. and <laughs> laying...
0: basically what it was <laughs> Yeah, I had a
2: great fucking time talking about that book. We were just sending images in the chat. Tra- <laughs> like, what the fuck?
3: <laughs> and
1: mm. uh, oh, speaking of that Venom movie, Dead Man, uh, they just released the Blu Ray of it, and uh, some of those stupid special features from it have been leaking on YouTube. And one that just I found hilarious is when the images of Anne Wang as she Venom from that book, Center Take All, were showing up in, like, a special features edition, and Kevin Smith was trying to defend how awesome
2: that book (laughs) was. (laughs) Oh, God.
0: Was he really? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, Kevin Smith, He for some reason, For some reason, with all the the, Spider-Man shit happening right now, he's the one out there that's talking the most about Spider-Man to people.
2: Yeah. He's still a big part of geek culture. I mean,
0: whether or not he knows what he's talking about half the time... Why Spider-Man specifically?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, usually it's DC's ringing the bell for right, like usually. Yeah, like fuck, a, he fucking yeah.
0: goddamn. They released a video for Wired where it was like where it was yeah. like, yeah, he, yeah, Kevin Smith runs down all the versions of Spider-Man that's out there, and he's like, yeah, I haven't watched half of these.
2: <laughs> well, that's the thing, and he's he's he is one who, if he doesn't like something, he 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 won't lie. Sometimes, like even on these DC things, I've seen, and DC it, it pays him to do yeah, some the of these. Yeah,
0: Batman on Batman.
2: Yeah, and like which you I'll know, have to change the name he's...
0: of because he lost a lot of weight recently, which you know, good for him. Holy
2: fuck! Yeah, good for yeah. Him. he looks a completely yeah, it, different person.
0: It is <laughs> legitimately impressive.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it yeah, is know, good. good for him. Yeah,
0: it's gonna be really weird to watch him play Silent Bob like that.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, or or whatever. Uh, Dead man, you'll have to go to the Canadian release of Moose
2: Jaws.
0: No. I'm, I'm not even 100% sure what that is, but just no. We
2: all know Dead Man's well, a I mean, fan
1: uh, of uh, yoga you've hosers. Heard, you've heard of, um,
0: yeah. T- no, t- yeah, no, no,
1: no I, I know about
0: Tuscan yoga hosers.
1: <laughs> and Moose Jaws is the third in it's that trilogy. It's
2: supposed to be the end of his Canadian trilogy, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> fuck you. The fuck is this bullshit? Jaws with a moose. <laughs> That title is even worse now.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just slapping two words together.
0: <laughs> no, it's like, yeah so, yeah, so we're making fucking jaws with a moose. What do we call it? Moose jaws. Yeah. And it's two words. It isn't even fucking moose jaw like one word. It is two separate words.
2: Yeah. So I forget. Tusk bec- uh, became a movie based off of a conversation he had on a
0: podcast. <laughs> yeah. A, fu- a fucking podcast it. about, hey, what if a podcast got turned into a fucking walrus? But I mean to be fair, I have I literally we we I literally started a podcast specifically to try to flesh out the stupid ideas we have on other podcasts.
2: <laughs> there you go.
0: Like that's how the creative process works, man. You're fucking our yeah. bouncing ideas off each other and then all of a sudden you're fucking writing a script. Yeah. <laughs> if I knew anything about how to make a movie, I probably already would have failed to start a Kickstarter.
3: <laughs>
2: who's who's next? What are we talking about? Here? Uh, yeah, I'm I think
0: next. It's,
1: it's it's yeah, it's Dead Man's turn again.
2: Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, Bye-bye. so um, talked so talked a bit already about the like, fucking Amazing Spider-Man. What I thought about that. Let's talk about Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number One because this is another fucking Venom book. <laughs> <laughs> Told from the point of view. Of the Venom Symbiote, right after Peter got the Venom Symbiote.
1: this. I saw this. I was like, Uh, what the fuck?
2: (laughs) Yeah, Spencer didn't write this. Just saying. He did
0: not. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) okay. Yeah, let me actually see who fucking wrote this we can properly assign blame.
2: Yeah, because I didn't pick this up because I felt like if the animals usually aren't written by the writer, the main writer of the series, I don't usually grab them. Just because, you know, it's like a one-off by somebody else. Yeah,
0: so it was uh, drawn by... Uh, Gary Brown with uh, writing by um, Saladin Ahmed.
2: Oh, he's the new writer of the new Miles book. Uh Uh-huh. The new Miles Morales book. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and so I will say this as the positive. Uh, Lee uh, Lowridge Luffridge, the colorist. Yeah, he's good. He did a really good fucking job on this thing. Like, like the, like, the book is drawn like a modern book, but he managed to color it to evoke a lot of the older style of books.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I like when people do that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, the... Yeah, also, also a very, like, bright neon color palette. Especially when he's out doing fucking Venom shit. So, the idea with this is that it is telling the story of when the Venom symbiote would take over Peter's body and go out and do Spider-Man stuff when he was asleep.
1: Right, yeah. Which and, you know could have been, which was fun occasionally.
0: Yeah, and and so with and so with this, it's a lot of him going into fucking this dude, this guy's memories. Uh, the Venom symbiote constantly refers to him as the friend because you know they don't have names or whatever.
1: Yeah, well, no, I mean now they do. <sighs> now it's something like what matriarch or something. Who fucking <laughs> cares?
2: Oh yeah, you weren't kidding. I'm looking at some preview pages right now. Yeah, nice colors. A lot of the pink hues and stuff going on. Oh, there's yeah. Black Cat. Yeah,
0: yeah, Black Cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
3: I mean, yeah,
2: I mean, Peter was dating Black Cat when he had this.
1: Bad yeah, yeah this, uh, this, is,
0: this is during their relationship.
2: Oh, nice. This looks good there. I like
0: it. Yeah, and so it is a lot of. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot of like Peter just kind of having nightmares about, oh, God, all the fucking symbiotes doing all this horrid shit out there. But it's not even that horrid. It's just he punches like the symbiote punches slightly harder than Peter does. Sorry. That's yeah. about it.
1: Sorry
0: about that. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that, eh? (laughs) I didn't mean to break your nose there. Just, you know, stop doing crimes, eh? But yeah, so then he ends... Yeah, so then as they're going out there... As he's going out there doing that shit, he ends up meeting this fucking kid who he kind of starts hanging out with and the kid tries to teach him how to be Spider-Man. And... Yeah, he beats the fuck out of fucking... Hammerhead Talks to that fucking kid And then The Venom story happens he's mm. like Oh god no Fucking Don't burn me off Of your body eh? Let's just stay here And Peter's like Take off you hoser Hey I'm Peter Parker I'm the Spectacular Spider-Man Don't you know <laughs> I patrol the streets of Sarnia. Yeah, I. Yeah, this
2: didn't. sound
0: It was, it was fucking nothing. It was nothing. <laughs> yeah. There is nothing to fucking say about this goddamn thing. I already said everything I want to say about Amazing Spider-Man actually, when I talked about Amazing Spider-Man with you earlier.
1: Yeah, yeah. actually, Dead Man. What's funny is, I think uh, that time Deadpool wore the Venom symbiote. Said more about this era of Spider-Man than this issue of Spider-Man did.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, man. the other
2: the other issues that you listed here, though, Dead Man were these? Were they not the issues where they ha- basically had the the callback to the superior foes of Spider-Man? Uh, not no? yet. Uh, that, that's that. issue okay. six. Ah, yeah, yeah, issue, okay. issue four
0: and five was the end of that bit
2: that's that sorry so that's the main reason why i was hoping that you were chatting you would chat about it because um i remember you also read superior foes ah, okay so that's six okay yeah that's a yeah, good one yeah four, yeah, yeah, four and
0: five yeah. was like was like him going after his and anim- like like the fucking sentinel army begins coming up and then spider-man's yeah. like come to me giant robot and you just do the like this is awesome
2: <laughs> well that's uh yeah, no, that was also good. Uh, that was a shame, though. That uh, That's a shame that this that annual really was just like a nothing issue. That's the thing with animals sometimes online. Yeah. I don't know.
0: But I, I guess if I want something a bit more meat on it, um, I have also been reading uh, the lead into Spider-Geddon.
2: I've heard good things, actually, about Spider-Geddon. It, is, Edge of is,
0: Spider-Geddon g- has been pretty good.
2: Okay. See, yeah, I, yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't know, but it's Christos Gage, right?
0: Yeah. Uh. Well, so I don't think the Edge books are. So the Edge of the Spider-Verse, Edge of Spider-Geddon stuff is... Like Edge of the Spider Verse, Edge of the fucking Venom Verse, where it is. Let's take let's take a look at one of our ultimate alternate universes for this like little lead in story. Mm. And so far, of the three that I've watched, of three that I've read, apologies. Uh, it is uh, Spider Punk, uh, Penny Parker, Spider, and then uh, and then fucking Spider Spider Peter and Spider Peter and Uncle Ben. Which, it's a whole it's a thing. Yeah, so the fucking, uh, the, the punk one, I, I it's weird. I like the punk one. I don't want to see an actual book about it.
2: Yeah, fair. Yeah. Like, it is sense. a neat
0: concept for, like, a single story. I don't think it works for, like, a whole book. Because with this, because this one, it is, uh, it's uh Spider-Punk versus Kang the Conqueror, who came back in time after copywriting his story.
2: Ooh, I do love Kang.
0: Yeah, so so he turned the, so he turned the Spider-Punk into a marketable ch- into a marketable children's character.
3: Mhm.
0: Which that ain't going to fucking fly. Yeah. <laughs> so we get to see fucking him and Captain Anarchy fighting against a bunch of like robotic spider plushies before he summons Punk Rock Hulk. And that's all pretty good. Uh the the Penny Parker one is about her and that actually has a Venom storyline in it. And it's a, and it's a more interesting one than I think I've, than, than than I've like really, they realize it's more interesting than it has any right to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that one, um, Penny meets a new meets a new girl at school, Addie Brock, who is the new pilot of the of of the fucking Venom Mech, which was not built, which was uh not built or was built in such a way that it wasn't like properly. Fucking tested or whatever, so it actually just ended up eating both Addie part Addie Brock and Aunt May. Just she goes inside, they go inside of it, and all the tubes inside of like fucking started seeping into Addie and just like fucking using like essentially assimilating her like the fucking Borg. Mm-hmm. And this is the most Ava thing. Like this this whole this whole fucking book has been this whole fucking universe has essentially been what if Spider-Man was Ava? Okay. And we got a shot in here that I think is actually just straight-up Ava.
3: <laughs>
0: just let me see if I can send that to you. It's just the middle panel on that fucking page.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, that kind of looks like unit one. But it's hard to tell. A lot of those Eldritch Robot things kind of look similar.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, just, just like just like the square teeth and everything, just the screaming of it. Yeah. So, and the other one is about, uh, like I said, um, Spider Pete and Ben, uh, which is which is the one where Peter is like ten years old and got the spider powers, and then he gave part of those spider powers to Uncle Ben during a blood transfusion, and so now Ben just has a fucking like, just rolls up in fucking work overalls and a bandana.
1: You see, Deadman, the only uh, Spider-Geddon tie-in I read because I saw it was interesting was the one where uh, Mayday Parker met Annie.
0: Yeah. I have not gotten to there yet, I don't think.
1: You should, because that one, I, like I, it occurred to me that this was in their backstory, but it did not occur to me what would play out if they ever met. Like, oh, yeah, uh, Mayday in Annie's universe was Peter and Mary Jane's first child who died in, in utero. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, fuck. That is some baggage. And in Mayday's universe, Peter is dead. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fuck, man. Oh, there is so much potential that they are actually using to some level of its fucking full capacity with this fucking Spider-Verse concept. (laughs) Is, oh man, this is... They they are not fucking wasting a goddamn second with this.
1: And it's going to be a lot more of it considering how much money I think Into the Spider-Verse is going to make.
0: Oh yeah, Into the Spider-Verse is fucking crushing it. That is going to fucking... That, that is going to fucking set in motion the Spider... Like Spider-Man for fucking ever.
3: Yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah, that's, that's all I got to say about that. So, Nico...
2: Uh, okay, Prodigy. Prodigy number one came out. This is the first issue release of the first, I think, show that they're slated to be of the Miller World Netflix series that are supposed to be airing, I guess, at some point. Uh, I believe this is the first show I think they were starting off with, as far as I know. Uh, there was talks about doing, you know, things like Jupiter's Legacy and other things. Uh, yeah, so, you know, you got a new Mark Miller miniseries here. And this is essentially uh, smart Black Huck, in my opinion. Uh, huh. Product, yeah, it is very much That's like a
1: description.
2: Huck. Yeah, um, in the sense that Huck was not bright, but a, just genuinely a good person. I felt, and we talked about Huck, I me and Dead Man, quite a bit on this show when he came out. Uh, really enjoyed it. Raphael Albuquerque, who's a great artist who who is also the artist on of Huck is also drawing this prodigy book and like most Mark Miller things um, that image puts out these days. Uh, it's gonna be another six issue mini that's written basically like a TV pitch because that's essentially all these are now, that he's got this Netflix deal and kind of what Mark Miller's always kind of aimed towards doing, it seems like. Um, you know, but really fun idea. He Basically, this guy is... It's not something we've not seen before. Like, he's essentially like a like a Reed Richards of sorts in the sense. Not a, a, a dick like Reed Richards, but like he's actually a genuinely nice, good person like Huck is. Uh, but he's just in terms of intellect, like he's just one of these guys that's that's so smart and and bored that he he entertains people that bring him ideas and he's up for a challenge and and doing stuff to help people while uh, while still kind of piquing his interest and in figuring things out. That's how much of a genius level kind of person that he is. And and and, and in in the, early, in the first issue, you basically see him as a child. Um, he does like amazing things uh, feats as a child. Like uh, he he basically gets beat up by uh, bullies at school. Then go goes home and watches like a bunch of kung fu movies and learns how to do all the martial arts just by watching the video. Coming back to school and kicking the shit out of the guy, and then basically says, "Yeah, well, I guess I'm going to be kicked out of school now." And then and then there's another scene like you know years later where. Uh, he's growing a little bit older. His family are going to meet like this other couple and he's staying over and play, playing with their kid in the room you would assume because you know these are two like you know middle school boys like that's normally what they would do but they went into the room to go and grab their child as they're leaving the friend's house and find him doing open heart surgery on his on their child because they, he was supposed he was supposed to go in for some sort of cardiac surgery later that week. And I guess he found out about it, and he's like, "Well, I can just do this." And meanwhile, he's got like his own kind of like setup on the table in the room while he's performing the surgery, and the parents basically walk in on him. So, so yeah, he you see instances like this throughout his whole childhood, and then it it, it flashes to him as an adult now, and while while kids basically write in to him, and he has like his own assistant. And like, for instance, you see him doing like, uh, like a scene of all this crazy, um, like evil can Like, if I calculate this just right, I can, I can, I can jump over this chasm with this, with this motorcycle and survive. And and uh, and 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 then he kind of he does this crazy trick and survives because he's smart and he knows how to work everything out. All the actual, you know details of it and then basically turns to his assistant he's like what's next and she's like well this person wrote in and asked you to do this and he's like okay i'll get working on that right away and he's like well the candidate that you just did the stunt for has already sent us a new stunt and he's like okay yeah let me know the details <laughs> like so like so essentially yeah like i said he's just a smart huck in a, essentially this prodigy guy it's it's basically he wants to do favors for people but at the same time he's so smart too smart for his own good but he gets bored easily, so therefore he just goes around doing favors for people and kind of learning things, and and is always up for a challenge as he kind of makes his. So way. So kind of a back.
0: Sherlock Holmesy.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. That's actually a much better way of of, of, of uh, uh, making the comparison. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: because because Huck, Huck is like, hey, I I do these things because they because I want to help people, and this guy's like, eh, I'm bored.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Either, Either this sure or heroin. On. And she even has yeah and even has his assistant who can be make the made the comparison to be basically like his like uh Watson so uh so yeah um I, I I did like this first issue it was it was a good first issue uh you know like I said Raphael Albuquerque is an artist I've talked about on the show before I really enjoy his work he also so tri- good. Uh, yeah and uh anyways so yeah um another strong start to like another I think decent Mark Miller uh image miniseries that he'll bring out. Um, you know. And uh yeah, it is what it is. I look forward to more. Man, but it, I, I
1: I may hate the movie, but thank God Man of Steel was so bad because it's it, <laughs> it gave
2: Mark Millar's career a reckoning.
1: Oh yeah. Fucking Huck Absolutely. was Huck was
0: like basically a like a fucking soft reset in his career.
2: Yeah. And and that's what I mean. Like I think he's he's since then he's brought out like a bunch of little miniseries from Image. Like all we look back on all the talk.
0: stuff he we look back
1: on all the stuff he did that we hate and think is just creepy and gross. And then Man of Steel came out, and he's like, "Oh God, what have I done?"
0: <laughs> yeah, and then even books that are like kind of a return to form from like the Magic Order are still like better than the other stuff he did that was like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. No bombs w- woven into wombs.
0: No, but like. Like, like in the magic order in the most recent and like one of the more recent issues, like, like issue four,
2: that one's been a little bit more brutal than his other stuff. Yeah, like, did, like
0: like issue basically. four, yeah. we get to see yeah. a girl, we get to see a child walking towards a, like a neighborhood friend of hers as she slowly ages from panel to panel to, panel to death.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So he's and, still around,
2: that
1: Mark Miller. Yeah, but, but I still like. <laughs> I
0: still am reading the book and actually like liking good. the you know, book. like
1: I mean, his his yeah. sense of humor hasn't really changed since those days, but he's grown the fuck up. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> right.
0: Just,
2: like, but that's the thing.
1: That I think is
0: the weirdest fucking thing about all of this is the fuck is the fucking fact that Man of Steel did that.
2: Right, and 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 not only that is kind of jumps started his ideas again because like you said even that idea in magic order for that kind of instance he throws so many of those little things out every issue of that series so far like all the different powers and and, and kind of ways oh, yeah magic order fun. is
0: one of his more ambitious series
2: right right and, and and but that's but even so like i like his his idea of doing these mini series because you know what he puts it out, he, he picks a fucking all-star artist every fucking time, he puts out six issues, well, and then he walks, he walks away, and, and, well, not every time, but majority <laughs> of the time, yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, he picks a good artist, and then he, he moves on to the next thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I like that. I like how he has so many other, so many little ideas like this that he basically is, is willing to do yeah, it's, like a bunch of little mini-series. It's a lot like, more you know
0: workman-like than I'm used to seeing Yeah.
2: It yeah so and he's been like uh, and he's been on a roll since he's been over at image I think lately so anyways this this prodigy, if you've liked everything else he's been doing lately I, I definitely would give it a shot um like I said it's uh Albuquerque and him again paired up and uh and it's going to be a show I think at some point on Netflix so um Man, I just so thought yeah, a really boy. stupid
0: fucking joke I want to make now. what's that? just going to a fucking convention at some point with Raphael Albuquerque there And then just and filming us walking around, we get lost. It's like, man, we should have taken a left at Albuquerque. (laughs) Not
2: bad. (laughs) I like that.
0: Just that just that just popped into my head. And I have been fucking kicking myself that I did not think of it and then tell myself not to say it months ago.
2: (laughs) No, that was worth it. That was good. I got to (laughs) laugh.
0: Well, at least one of us did.
2: Yeah. Prodigy. Uh, issue 1. Check it out. Uh, the newest uh, from Mark Miller.
0: Alright then. Birdie, Final book. Of the right. year.
2: Time to shit on
1: Bendis. Woo! Well, not entirely. Uh,
0: Aw.
1: Okay, so... I, I read the Jessica Jones run he did right before he dumped Marvel to go to DC. Hmm. And... I like and hate this. I love and hate this book. Mm -hmm. okay like the middle and it's kind of split on whatever story he's trying to tell cause like the middle volume really works where Maria Hill just breaks into um, Jessica Jones office and says hey someone's trying to kill me can you find out who and it's revealed that Maria Hill had put a hit out on herself for if she ever became a civilian so she could essentially commit suicide by assassin (laughs) what Like, okay, so anyone who's read most any Marvel comic featuring her knows that Maria Hill's kind of a bitch.
3: Mm -hmm. And
1: this story basically goes into, like, her first mission, her first real mission with Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D., where shit got fucked and people died that she really didn't think needed to, but that was the mission. And so... And she has this speech where she's like, "Yeah, the, I, I was this sanctimonious idiot who thought that even in the spy world, morality was black and white and that I had done a horrible thing and that I would just work my job to the best of my ability and to pay for my crimes, just have myself killed once I became a civilian. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. <sighs> I actually like that as a storyline, and it kind of... She it particularly like a sleeper like, cell like,
2: type scenario... In motion, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. and like, if it... The the, the slow realization that the fact that everything is morally gray makes her a more likable human being is kind of funny to me. (laughs) 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 But it's a good storyline. Unfortunately, the first volume is garbage. Like, and I talked about this separately with Nico once I finished reading it. Um, the issue where Jessica Jones interviews a person who seems to remember uh, that secret wars happened that it changed things in the universe and that it drove him crazy. That was kind of cool but the majority of this is a cliche of certain types of comic book storytelling that I despise which is the fake bl- the, the black ops fake fake
3: out.
0: Yeah you, yeah, you talked about me, talked about this with me a bit too. Um, And I, I guess I'll just throw it out there because I probably won't be able to contribute much of this conversation just going forward. I read the first issue with this and stopped. Yeah. Because just, the biggest problem I had with it was that it felt like a regression of the character.
1: Yeah, no, and Nico and I took opposite sides of the coin on this discussion where mm. he's like, yeah, this is like a return to form for Alias. It feels like it's back and I was like, Yes, it does, but at the same time, it feels like a return to Alias that ignores everything that has happened since Alias, and that yeah, Jessica Jones is not the same character that right. happened in yeah, Alias. Yeah, Jessica Jones
0: grew up a lot from Alias to now, and so seeing her go back to just Alias, it feels like it ignores a lot of what has changed about that character and ignores a lot of what happened in the last fucking like, 20 years of comics. Yeah.
2: I, yeah. I thought and specifically third... that one issue though, where they, she brought somebody into the station and he, he basically realizes that the world is like a comic and nothing fucking matters. Like that was the one issue for me yeah. where I was like, that felt like, oh, and like, that would
0: that would have been great. And if, if the story was just, if the story for this fucking book was Jessica Jones fucking investigate secret wars.
2: No, I know. I, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. the third volume, which
1: heavily features the Purple Man, is a lot better because in that one, it's a very much an Alias-style storyline because the Purple Man's back and he's trying to drive Jessica back into being who she was when Alias happened. And it ultimately doesn't work because she's just too, bu- as, as much of a hot mess as she is, she's still too well-adjusted of of a human being to do that shit anymore. Yeah, man, and that 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 as a plot line is good. Unfortunately, the first volume features Carol, the supervillain Danvers, <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: because
0: Carol Danvers, history's greatest monster.
1: Yeah, during Civil War times. Well, like no, like immediately after it, and oh, this 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 drove me up the wall. Okay, <laughs> so it turns out the reason Jessica Jones was in prison was to set up a black op set up run by Carol Danvers where she would infiltrate a anti superhuman terrorist organization. And Carol, in her infinite stupidity, told Jessica to hide to not tell Luke that this was happening and to hide their shared child from him. So that it couldn't be used against her if her cover was blown.
0: You'd ask Carol, you fucking suck.
1: And once it's revealed that this was a undercover black op, Carol's just like, look, I'll explain everything to Luke. He'll be fine. Nothing bad will happen. Spoilers, Luke finds the child and runs off with it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, of course he fucking does.
1: Yeah, and this is is what I mean about this type of trope where when they do these black ops in comics, they're like, okay, uh, to fool the bad guys, it has to look real. But at the same time, in their own heads... The people running these things are like, well, of course it's fake. Nothing bad's going to happen if we just try to make it look a little bit more real. And uh, the example I always go back to is Young Justice, where apparently Nightwing did not think anything bad would happen if they faked Artemis' death by having it look like Aqualad killed her.
0: There is nothing that could possibly go wrong with that. Don't be stupid, stupid. She's, They're, they're just fucking taking this goddamn... Whatever, fake killing her and then just whoop Yeah.
1: So yeah, uh, the the infiltration and the 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 arrest of the criminals ultimately works. But now, now I have to talk about Civil War Two again. Woo!
0: Bring out the tequila. Okay.
1: So now I got the rum right here. I feel like I have to take a uh, shot
0: every time we mention this fucking book.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I think you remember Dead Man that one of the more memorably stupid moments is when Carol arrests a woman who had no history of committing a crime and no one suspected would commit a crime because of something that was shown to her by uh, whatever the fuck that inhuman was called. I can't remember. His yeah, name. that kid shows
0: her a vision. Vision says so he goes and arrests her, but the briefcase is empty.
1: Yeah, and like, there's no evidence that anything was or will be in the case, but she still leaves her imprisoned, looking for evidence for what must have been days. Apparently.
0: Oh yeah, just this fucking, <sighs> just this fucking middle class lady just in a fucking shield black site prison for no reason. Yeah. Thanks, Carol. I had a really good time visiting your gulag.
1: Yeah, and so now that woman, Allison Green, is the head of this anti superhuman terrorist organization. And Ulysses, that was the Inhuman. Oh, uh, I didn't really care. Who anything, cares? Thank you. <laughs> Fuck that kid. You but cared. <laughs> but the, the reason, and this is the really stupid part, like I think Bendis must have heard this while he was writing Civil War II and felt like he had to address it but not really deal with it. Uh, Carol realizes that because uh, carol and jessica have this conversation where jessica says you know this this woman at the head of the terrorist organization really had a heart on for you she says you tortured her and imprisoned her it's like what i didn't do that what was her name alison green oh fuck
0: oh fuck i did do that shit <laughs> why did i forget and, all of my human rights abuses
1: yeah and carol's like wait i couldn't have turned someone into a murderous terrorist by just thinking that they would be and imprisoning them ahead of time would i
0: because, like, <laughs> oh, fucking Christ. Pre crime is a thing. It, you have to fucking be real goddamn specific when you're writing pre crime stories. Because otherwise, <laughs> this bullshit happens
1: yeah and carol's like I, you, you have to prove that this isn't my fault i can't have that on my conscience like oh fuck you carol it is on your conscience it's like every review i've read of this specific issue where this was brought up was like it is too easy a pill to swallow to assume that because carol incorrectly arrested someone on pre-crime assumptions they perpetuated that cr- that person's crimes themselves i'm
0: just a Again, I'm in my head. I'm just thinking like a what if storyline of what if somebody showed Carol a DVD copy of Minority Report before she started Civil War 2? <laughs> yeah. And, and, that, like, this and is the whole the- fucking thing. Just, all of this could have been could have been like all kinds of alleviated if literally anybody in that goddamn universe said, hey, maybe let's investigate before immediately jumping to arresting.
1: Well, I mean, that's the thing. Everyone else was except her, and she just she just had this cadre of people who she bulldozed into going along with her. Regardless, it's like it's like uh, in um, what is it? Uh, Ultimates in Ultimates uh, in during Civil War Two. Even the more uh, even the people who liked her more and who liked the ideas that were offered by uh, what Ulysses represented were still like, uh, Carol. Maybe we shouldn't jump whole hog into doing this the way you intend to do it. To the point yeah. where the the one image that perfectly summed up how stupid Civil War II was, was when America America Chavez just flat out said, you just want a quota, Danvers. And Carol's just like, what? No, I don't. Why would
0: you make me think I want that?
1: And everyone just looks at her like, I don't want a quota. Why does everyone think I'm evil?
0: <laughs> Look, I don't want a quota. Now, if you excuse me, I have numbers to meet. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like, I don't have a, I don't have a crime code. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm needing to find evidence uh, to convict someone of a crime when I have no evidence that they committed a crime.
0: <laughs> it's not even, you don't even need fucking evidence, dude. you just like, hey, this dude I know said you're going to do crime, so fucking get in the hole. Unless she was friends with them, at which point she would just go up and say, hey, don't do this crime thing, or I'm going to put you in the hole, and then leaves. Which then prompts them to go do the crime thing. fucking christ i really want that captain marvel movie to be good yeah I just because just so. i want to like carol again
1: cool because and i i mentioned okay oh, i mentioned this to dead man off mic and you can feel free to agree with me like i see what the problem some people have with uh conversion from miss marvel to Cap- carol danvers captain marvel has been is that Whereas during the Carol the Miss Marvel days, her she was dealing with this character arc of trying to get over Avengers two hundred and be the best superhero she can be, and discovering that being the best superhero and instead pursuing a a life of self-improvement and helping those around her is much more manageable and much more sane. Mm. That's actually a character arc and a personality, whereas everything a lot of her Post uh, Captain Marvel stuff has been I need to be perfect, right? And that doesn't work
2: as an arc. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Yeah, perfection is not perfection as the unattainable goal is not really something to. It's not not really a compelling thing to strive for 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 a character.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, no, that's a good point.
3: Man,
0: I miss liking people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping uh, that. The Carol Danvers, the the Captain Marvel movie will come out. It'll give Carol a personality, despite what people are complaining about, that she doesn't smile enough in the trailers. Who
0: the fuck cares? uh, (sighs) Plus, it's a different origin story. Like, the Kree are not a smiling people.
3: Isn't the Kree leader uh, just a giant
0: head in a tube? Basically a gooier version of Zordon?
1: Yeah, yeah, and pretty yeah, much. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the high, like the, high, evolu- yeah, the, 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 the yeah. high, the ultimate intelligence. Yeah, no, no, no.
0: high the evolutionary is a totally different guy. Oh no, that's the robot. No, the, the, su- the supreme yeah, intelligence. Yeah,
2: yeah. Supreme that's, intelligence it. that's it. That's it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, when you are the leader of people, yeah. it, your leader people is that called the supreme intelligence? Not a whole lot of giggles happening around there.
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah no, that, um, I just. Not- But getting back to it's like it's the moments where Bendis does something different than what he did with Alias with these characters, I kind of like. But the moments where it feels like he's just trying to rewrite things so that he can just write as if it was Alias again, I don't like. So it's a very much a one or the other scenario, and thus it's a mixed bag of a series.
0: Yeah, I would have I would have been much more into the series if if it was you still do the whole, like, neo-noir thing, but make it modern Jessica. Yeah. I, I, I know that some people have again, that. Again,
1: there, there are parts of that in the later parts of the series. That's where it kind of felt like that. But too much of the early issues felt like it was just an excuse to get Jessica back to where she was in Alias so that Bendis could write her like that again, and I don't like that.
0: Yeah, the introduction is some kind of metaphor of her crawling out of the fucking Hudson.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I Nico also read this whole thing. Uh, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. I think he likes it a little bit more than I do.
2: Yeah. I mean, I didn't like it, obviously, as much as Alias, but I, uh, I thought it had its moments. But I, I also had some some issues with it, like similar to some of the things you had mentioned. I I thought it was really cool though, that he was able to get Michael Gatos, the artist back for this. Yeah, no, the art was very good.
1: I, I, I liked the art throughout and there's this creepy image where in the, when uh, the purple man first shows up again, he's conversing through Carol.
0: Huh? Did they ever do the flashback with Mark Bigley Jr. stuff again?
1: No, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: okay.
2: Oh, with her as Sapphire or whatever the hell her name was, Jewel. Jewel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Jewel the purple one? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's fine. It's fine.
2: Yeah. Go back and read Alias is what I would say. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that, that
1: is the much better. Maybe read some of what Bendis has written for DC.
3: hmm
0: I have been enjoying it. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty. It's all right.
2: I like his Superman stuff so far.
0: So anywho. Yeah. Moving on to my final book, a uh, book I probably should have done earlier just because not much to really talk about with it, but Juke Joint. Mm-hmm. You guys ever read Redlands?
2: Yes. It's
0: kind of like that, but yeah. worse.
2: Oh, I liked That's Redlands, bad. though. You didn't like Redlands?
0: No, I liked Redlands. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Oh, just, okay. It just it just, just It's a lesser Redlands. <laughs>
1: okay, I
2: well, thought it worse just, as just, in then, Redlands. Uh, not good. <laughs>
1: a book I forgot to mention, but Nico, you can comment on this as well. Uh, yeah. Southern Bastards Volume Four came out,
2: and that so was delayed. fucking awesome. It was awesome, but so fucking delayed of a book. I, that's what <laughs> yeah. annoys me with that. But yes, it was good.
3: Yeah, so but I just
1: like I love how that ended, where it was just like. I don't want to kill you. I'm going to watch everyone in this town who loved you tear you apart, and then I'll just put the bullet in your brain when you're a
2: corpse. Yeah. (laughs) It's
0: an awesome book. I need to read that.
2: Yeah, you really do, because at this point, they've taken such delays in bringing it out, you can really catch up.
0: So anyway, Juke Joint. Yeah. So this book, uh, written by... Let me pull the credits there for the book. Uh, Written by T. Franklin with art by um, Alitha E. Martinez. Uh, And so in Louisiana, I'm assuming. God damn it. (laughs) There is a a bar, essentially. A little club kind of thing out in the swamp. little old shack called the Juke Joint. Run by a woman named Auntie Mahalia.
1: Is this an image comic?
0: I believe so. Yes. Yes. It's an image joint. So yeah, so she yeah, so she runs this thing, and the whole idea with this place is so long as you follow the rules and everyone's okay with it, you can do essentially whatever you want out here. And I I believe it's in the past. Yeah, I believe it's like 40s or 50s or something because just a, a, everything feels like it. Yeah, it's like it's like you can do whatever you want out here, and it shows a white person's having sex with a black person. So you know, Hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's oh, yeah, it's 1950s New Orleans.
0: Okay, I did not, I did not, uh, I might have missed the fucking text saying that in the book, or forgotten about it, but it's fucking Louisiana. It's it's a it's a wooden shack on the edge of a swamp, full with gators. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So. God damn it. Yes. Yeah. So that's all happening. Um, this dude begins hitting on this lady and just starts grabbing her ass. At which point, a giant man walks over and says, "Hey, get the fuck out." Because no touching. Like no, 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 no touching without consent. That's this whole thing. This this fucking shack is essentially a den of hedonism. So long as everyone involved in the hedonism is cool with it.
1: As long as it's consenting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so so that he gets kicked out. Then the woman who he was hitting on comes out too, and she bites his jaw off. Just unhooks her. Just unhooks her jaw like a fucking snake and bites his jaw off.
1: Yeah, I think there's part of that image in here.
0: Yeah, and yep. so and so this is all because um, Auntie Mahalia is a voodoo priestess.
1: Oh, of course she is.
0: Yep. Yeah, so she runs this place, and, like, half the girls who work there are weird creatures that kind of owe their life to her. And so what she does is, like, after every night, anybody who broke the rules out there, they are taken and brought into the torture dungeon to be eaten by these girls. As Auntie Mahalia uses their bones and shit to cast curses and what have you. You know, know voodoo stuff.
1: I know they're both fantasy stories, but... Is it weird that I feel the version of 1950s New Orleans which features cat detectives and rhino policemen is much more faithful and respectful of our, of the history than this fucking shit?
0: Yeah, probably. I mean there's not it's not, I mean, it's not that weird because like like that that shit is hardboiled detective story in New Orleans. So New Orleans is like the actual place relatively. This is yo we got voodoo, so let's set it in New Orleans. I mean, hell, even fucking yeah. Legend of Tomorrow did that shit.
1: Yeah, because if anyone bothered to research voodoo, they could, you know, somewhere more interesting like Haiti. Yeah, the I actual place it comes Maine from instead of
0: fucking New Orleans. But if but if we go to Haiti, then we can't have people say Nolens. And I know how much you hate that. <laughs> Just you and Caveman, if I ever want to kill a conversation, I just have to say nolans
3: <laughs> It
1: doesn't bother me as much as him, but I get why it bothers him, because you either have the people that overcommit to the way it's spelled and say New Orleans, or you have the people who hear the way the rest of the state of Louisiana talks with, like, the heavy Cajun, ooh, that boy, I go keep that, that go on. And, uh they think not is how you have to say it because you've got to talk like you got this in your man and you got the crawfish.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it would be like, it would be like people going to France and then speaking in a very stereotypical French accent. they like, "We, this is how I talk. This is how we talk in the culture.
2: <laughs> that, that is, is how day. French people
3: talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But no, it's just stupid regional shit that is said by everybody except those from the region.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Same kind of way. Same kind of way. I get a little bit miffed whenever I fucking whenever people are like, "Oh, hey, you're from Canada. Oh, hey, how's it going, you boot? <sighs> like, how's a boot? We head on down to the Molson Arena with some fucking. Oh, We head on down to your Canada Center and watch the leaves, Eh.
1: So was I that did, weird I... in Stephen Universe when they were fighting over a thing of poutine on that on that? Camp Pining Hearts thing.
3: Ugh,
0: that fucking thing. <laughs> Why would they be fighting? Poutine is one of the most readily available resources in Canada.
2: Fantastic.
0: Literally every restaurant sells it.
2: Yeah, it's great.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, that, that is not up for debate. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I'm a
2: big poutine lover here poutine is, not, poutine
0: is not some fucking thing it's like it's like oh yeah, I've saved up all my money and it. now I can finally afford some poutine <laughs> it's like I got five bucks I might as well get some fucking poutine
2: yeah exactly poutine is the cheaper route for me when I'm out eating Yeah, I'm gonna head, <laughs> head over to
0: the Timmy's and get a double double and a thing of poutine yeah <laughs> head on down to Smokes and get it full of bacon
2: now I'm hungry
0: yeah, me too.
3: <laughs> I like was snacking on
0: a bag of yogurt pretzels, and I'm like, eh, "That's not enough." <laughs> I just did grocery shopping earlier today, so I back I, I had fucking pizzas, but right, nice. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, so back to fucking juke joint. Uh, yeah, so, fucking lady, uh, Mahalia, she does some voodoo shit and sees an image of some lady getting her ass beat by her husband because he because she didn't make dinner because you know it's the fifties. And so she pulls out a fucking voodoo doll or something, I think, and then just calls her to, calls this lady to her. It's like, hey, Heloise, fucking come, and I will help you. And so she does, and then gives her a little bag of fucking, like, rat testicles and some some gator spunk or whatever. It's like, all right, take this home, nail this up above your fucking window, and then it will be dealt with. (laughs) And then wake up the next day, and there's a tree covered in blood outside. That's the issue.
2: Yep, won't be reading this one.
0: Yep. <laughs> the book starts with a trigger warning. Yeah. And I feel like there should be another one in there for just okay.
1: Triggered for stupidity.
0: Is this racist? Yeah. Just having just having a book about fucking. Magic black people in the Louisiana swamps. I feel like that's some kind of stereotype.
1: It is a stereotype. I'm not sure if it crosses into borderline racist. it It doesn't. Cro- it, it's borderline. I'm not sure if it fully crosses into racism because. It, uh, okay, can, I, I should have asked this question once you started bringing this up. Can you tell if is there a main protagonist? Is it's there like seen- a perspective we're writing? We're writing this book from.
0: No, it seems like the story, based on the cover for the second issue, will be about Heloise becoming part of Auntie Mahalia's fucking concord of vampire women. I think, I can't actually tell.
1: I I think, uh, and I hate that I have to make this distinction occasionally, but I think there's a difference between racial stereotyping and just lazy writing.
0: Okay, yeah, that's fair.
1: And I feel like everything you've told me about this, like this writer couldn't be fucking bothered to actually do anything interesting with a story featuring New Orleans racism in the 1950s and black women dealing in voodoo. They just did all of those things in the most generic, uninteresting way possible. Yeah. So th- the characters feel like cutouts. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. Like, c-
0: I, I, I mentioned Redlands earlier, and while it still does this stuff, I was more compelled while reading it.
1: Oh no, I've read Redlands. I kind of like Redlands, even though it it, mm. it goes into like the South Florida redneck shit a little heavier than I usually like. But mm. but, but it's still, that, like- that actually that feels like a world with characters. But everything you've described here just feels like
0: yeah, this doesn't feel like a world with characters. This feels like a this feels like a it feels this feels like a spec script from like 1967.
1: Yeah, like they like they googled Louisiana and they found racism, voodoo, crawfish, black people, jazz. Yeah, I look. And just I look forward them they to them going to a do.
0: jazz club and trying some sick gumbo. Tremé, I don't know. Yeah,
1: uh, going into a jazz club and trying gumbo is only fun if you go to the drunken gumbo chef.
0: I don't know Dick about New Orleans. Okay, I'm just I, I oh, know. No,
1: I fully understand. I'm just saying the most fun I ever had going into a local restaurant was when you go to the restaurant and uh, the locals always try to predict when the main chef is drunk because <laughs> he's he still he still cooks and serves food when he's drunk, but uh, it's more entertaining.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. It's, it's like in the next couple of weeks, I am gonna be getting the fucking Call of Cthulhu books, and I wanted to set a Call of Cthulhu game in New Orleans, but I realized I didn't know enough about the New Orleans specific culture to be able to properly do that.
1: Well, if you want a better idea, uh, just read Black Sad.
0: Yeah, I, I, I am. Yeah, I have been. I am gonna be fucking. Th- that book's fucking great, and they need, I need. I need more of it. I need. I, I need the rest.
1: Yeah, like it... Which apparently is out
0: in fucking French and Spain.
1: Yeah, well, because it's Spanish writers, so...
0: Yeah, Spanish writers, but they got to fucking France first.
1: Yeah. Well, you know how we were annoyed, we keep getting annoyed that, that, uh, uh, that Terry Dodson comic featuring, uh, the, uh, the, the communist Soviet superhero, uh, Red One just keeps getting delayed because it's run through France first.
0: Yeah. Is fucking Black Sad Volume 6 actually out? Or
2: there's three hardcovers that are have been released that collect uh Black Sad right
0: Yeah, but like members. uh Like they were supposed to come out in 2016.
2: No, I think the last the last one was very a th- very thin volume. I think it was called L what the hell is it called something? It's the one set yeah. in New Orleans. No, yeah, no, it's, it's
1: the been... oh, no, I'm sorry. That's the second one, Amarillo. It's the Amar, that's the yellow, it, yellow, yellow something. It. Yeah, yeah it's Amarillo. Got like
2: a car on the cover. Yeah,
0: but yeah, yeah. Like no, a, actually, according to according to Wikipedia, uh, the sixth and seventh volumes are supposed to have been released in French in 2016.
2: Okay, so we're probably just waiting on the translation right now, then.
0: And then the English, while no release date has been announced, they have confirmed it is coming out in English.
1: Nice.
3: Yeah. Okay. Uh,
2: that... uh, I looked. Apparently,
1: they have to translate the novels before they can. Before they can distribute mm. them through Dark Horse, mm. Mm.
0: well, yeah, naturally, but
1: still, like fucking. So apparently, maybe that process is going slowly. <laughs> just any
0: update, man? Anything?
1: But yeah, I mean, I don't think it covers everything. But if you want a decent snapshot of like a noir era time to do New Orleans shit in, just read Black Sad.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Sorry about so, that, roommate.
1: So, ah, but. so fuck this All book. Right. Yeah, fuck
0: I'm, I'm, yeah, fuck, fuck It's terrible.
3: <laughs> All right, if you want to read <laughs> something about magic, voodoo, black
0: people, read fucking Redlands. Yeah, I
3: like
2: that. One. Or
0: literally anything written by somebody who visited New Orleans once, <laughs> and just once.
3: Okay.
0: Oh, an expert in New Orleans culture. I once watched that episode of Bones where she got fucking cursed by chicken feet. <laughs>
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh god
1: yeah just either read black sad or if you really want a a proper snapshot of voodoo watch skeleton key
0: uh serpent in the rainbow is actually pretty good too
1: yeah that's a good one too but skeleton key is a more widely known one
0: yeah Hmm. oh man Uh It must suck to to be, like, somebody who, like, like ingests media like we do and be in a place that is so misunderstood by the media it is wildly represented in.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, believe me, I was more than a little miffed when CSI New Orleans became the new hot thing on CBS. (laughs) People keep saying... So hey, is it true you that you just have cop stations all over the French Quarter? I'm like, "No, there's no space to do shit down there." <laughs> <laughs> and do you guys just have parades all the time? No.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have like the party season when other people have parades. We just then that the rest of the time is just a fucking city.
1: Yeah, whatever. Just to, so was that the end of the of the books?
0: Uh no, Nico has lost. Uh, oh right, yeah, I couldn't
1: remember yeah. the order. Yeah, I couldn't remember so I just the order. to
2: Quickly talk about Batman Annual number three. Uh, this was not written by Tom King. Tom Taylor came in to write a <laughs> uh, a one off. <laughs> uh, very funny. Uh, Otto Schmidt was the artist on this one, who's been doing who did some great work on Green Arrow at the start of uh, Rebirth. Uh, I really like his style. Um. He was the other artist that was not the guy from Colder. You remember how that Colder artist was working on Green Arrow for a bit? I forgot his name. You know that guy you like? No, no, yeah, uh, I know the guy. Yeah, anyways. Uh, I need to read Colder. I own the whole thing. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, uh, I I wanted to highlight this annual because this was basically a one-and-done story about... uh, taking a a larger look at uh, Batman's relationship with Alfred and what Alfred brings to the table. uh, You know, just because of all the duties that he does at home on, uh, you know, when he comes to help Batman and help save him uh, actually on the job as well. And, uh, and just there, there about their relationship. And then towards the end of the story, the story you get like some you know some flashbacks about when alfred was there for him when his parents died and and he kind of took him uh you know took uh became basically his father and then at the end of uh this issue he ends up getting banged up after saving bruce in some sort of altercation he, he himself gets injured and and then he wakes up in bed kind of disoriented like and he's kind of laid out and uh, and Bruce is basically like yeah, hey listen you're not going anywhere I, I'm bringing you you know some food you're staying in bed today I'm bringing you breakfast in bed right now like you, you've you been stabbed you're hurt you, you, you take it easy I, I got things for now and he's like but sir aren't you going back out and he's like nope not today and he's like oh what, what makes it you know special today he's like listen you know just, you just rest get some rest he's like you're hurt and he kind of leaves the room and then Alfred kind of he looks. Uh, he kind of looks around and starts eating, and he's kind of just like you know, with alone with his thoughts, and he's happy at that moment. And then you find out that the day that this happened on, that uh, he woke up in the bed was actually Father's Day. And then he kind of pans away, and you see like a photo of him and Alfred as he was a kid uh, in his room, like on his nightstand. So it was just like a la- a nice little one and done kind of. Uh, I mean, Alfred's good the art. best. Yeah, and and I think this issue really, you know, if if you're easy. I know sometimes be- between all the rogues and everything else in the Bat family, you gotta remember, like, he's one of the biggest parts of that family and the reason that things are... Oh, no, are man. Right. Fucking...
0: fucking yeah, Alfred like, is the grandpa of the fucking Bat family.
2: Yeah. Right. Right. dead man. I don't know if you
1: read this, the Injustice 2 annual, where uh, Alfred and Pa Kent have a heart-to-heart about raising superheroes.
3: Oh,
0: damn it. That's so good.
1: That sounds like a nice moment, yeah. Fucking where, best. Where, where Ma Kent goes into the cell Superman is being held in after Injustice 2's events mm-hmm. to give him a pie and to so, hug him.
2: So is that also Tom Taylor Injustice then? Is that uh, also by I can't him remember or... who wrote it. I'd have to check. But it, okay. uh, but
1: it, but it also flashes back to pre-Injustice events where mm-hmm. uh, it was showing how Lois in this universe interacted between Superman and Batman. And it was kind of just sweet and heartwarming. Mm-hmm. And just that last image of Pa Kent sadly leaving his son in prison for all eternity it was just heartbreaking. Mm. <laughs>
0: God damn it! it so see. yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, that's oh, so good. Injustice is this, fucking this, great.
2: Yeah, this Fuck this what also it did to Wonder, like Wonder is, Woman, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the caveat's always there, man. Just fucking let me have this. <laughs>
2: So yeah, like I said, this was like also like a like a heartwarming little one and done story about Alfred and and Bruce's relationship. And so, if you haven't been digging kind of what's been going on in Batman currently, or if you're just looking for like a quick one and done, really good, well told Batman story with great art and uh, uh, touching moments, uh, this is definitely for you. Batman Annual Three will be the last book I talk about officially on the show as a regular. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Um, uh, yeah, I enjoyed
0: it. Alrighty then. Alright. So, I guess on that note. Yeah. That's going to do it for this year.
1: We have news.
0: Oh. Alrighty then. Birdie brought up some news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Spider Man of the Spider Verse. Fucking great. It is out there. If people are fucking sucking its dick.
2: <laughs> I got to see this.
0: And we have some details and confirmations. So, first up, um, it has been confirmed that sequel is happening. Shocking no one. Uh, So, yeah, so Spider-Verse 2, according to Amy Pascal, in an interview with Vanity Fair, will be focused on Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy. And we'll explore romance between those two, which is from the fucking comics.
1: Well, yeah, because that was adorable. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's fucking great. it's just cool. Both yeah. in
1: the movie and their relationship with the comics was fucking adorable. So, <laughs>
0: although in the movie she's known although as you go, know the, Ghost the Spider, right? Is yeah. that right?
1: No, no, the, the, they just Something. call her Spider Woman.
0: Yeah, that's oh, okay. basically what she is in the fucking Just, just call her that. Anyway. Right. Additionally, that sequel will be serving as a launch pad for a female centered book, which is which is again pulling from the comics. And we'll be introducing Jessica Drew, uh... the Spider Woman. The fucking, the best. Just the best. And then... Silk.
1: Yeah, this, remember what I said about the good and bad sides of slot?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Don't worry, it's okay. Someone wrote Amy Pascal a letter saying they want Silk in a movie. Who is this Dane Sloot? (laughs) (laughs) How did they get my address? Ugh. Yeah, that's happening. We're getting fucking more Spider Verse, which is good.
1: Just yes, yeah. It's just good, man. No, I like. I mean, you know, you said like the caveat about uh it just as being good, except for Wonder Woman. This is like no, this is an unequivocally good thing, except this one thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That movie, Cause fuck, cause, yeah, that movie. Yeah, that fuck that's <laughs> that Spider women movie will probably be two thirds really great, and then one third passable at best.
1: God, I, I, I will silk. say it would be a, a, a masterpiece of writing if they could make Silk mediocre. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Gwen and Jessica are at the level they're supposed to be, and then and then and then Silk is just kind of there. Not really making things worse, but not making them better either.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That would be fantastic. But I don't think they will go that route. Because <laughs> we're not writing it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's gonna do it for this year. Thank y'all for joining us. We, well, most of us, will be back.
1: <laughs> Nicole, I'll be around. around. Yeah, I'll be he, around. He'll, he'll still
0: be kicking around.
3: Yeah. Whenever
1: uh, we call him,
3: he'll be <laughs> there.
0: Yep. Occasional pop ups on this podcast every now and again, as well as felling titans. Yes. <laughs> Our nice. portentous name for our shitty series of us just yeah. pooping on Titans.
2: Let's not forget.
3: <laughs> just Robin versus Batman.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. Just I, I will have the I will have the poop bucket ready. <laughs> just I got to oh, install man. a noise gate on this. I got I got to install a noise gate on this thing and then do some fucking test shits to see how see how loud my fucking poops get. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So January 11th, uh, Titans will be coming out on Canadian Netflix. At which point myself, Nico, and Bertie will be sitting down to watch the entirety of the series for X and Y. Our very regularly updated TV commentary series. We do it very often and you all know it and love it. (laughs) Yeah. Our last one was two years ago. (laughs) But yeah, so we'll be doing that. Um, And then the podcasts as regular. We'll be picking back up the week of January 7th with the next comics podcast uh, coming out somewhere around January 16th. (laughs) So, we'll see you guys then, along with the rest of the shit we're doing. But, until then, I'm dead.
2: I'm Birdie. And for the last time, I'm Nico.
0: We'll see you guys in 2019.
2: Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thanks, guys.